What's up, y'all? Hope y'all had a very Merry Christmas from the Gems and Juice podcast. Thanks for tuning in again. Um, this week, we continue our, our discussion with Stanford Route. Um, we get into our reactions on the passing of Juice World. And we also get Stanford Route's take on the, the Colin Kaepernick NFL workout and what side he stands on with that. Very, very good debate. Very good discussion. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, and we also discuss our picks of the year, um, our favorite albums, disappointments, et cetera, et cetera. And so, yeah, make sure you subscribe. You know how to do. You know what to do already. Let's get into it. Um, so other things we could talk about, man. Um, oh, Juice World. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's yeah, right. We, we didn't did. get into this last week, of course, but, um, Juice World, uh, I'm sure y'all have heard, passed away. Um, he uh, apparently, I don't know if the official cause of death has been released yet, but it is suspected that it was due to a overdose of Percocet. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he had a seizure at an airport in which was being investigated for, I think, close to 70 pounds of marijuana. Yeah. was found. Handguns were found on a private plane. It was being searched. Um, the federal, the people involved in the case believe that he took the Percocet to hide it from the cops. Mm-hmm. And that's what may have caused the seizure, but we don't know for sure. So, yeah, a very unfortunate man. He had just turned 21. He was actually on his way to his 21st birthday party. Damn. So, wow. really sad, really unfortunate. So, um, it, it's, I hate the fact that this happened because I think we were finally close to a discussion on what this generation is doing drug wise and substance abuse wise. But the way that it happened, it just kind of makes it sound like a fluke now, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's very unfortunate, but do you guys have any takes on this in particular about what's, what's happened with them? I think, Oh, go ahead. Uh, I think, to me, it's kind of pointless bringing up the whole conversation. We need to talk to these young artists. Yes. We had a conversation earlier. They they don't young artists hear it. Yeah, yeah they, they don't want to hear, hear, it. They don't hear it from the OGs. They don't want to hear from nobody grown. I I mean, I just don't know, man. I I, I really don't know. The only thing I will say is, I I listen to his. I I, I ain't gonna lie. I, was, I ain't gonna sit here and say I used to listen to his music all the time, but. I did check his project out, and he had a lot of songs that were sad, man. It was yeah. it was a little uncomfortable. He was kind of emo rapper, honestly. Yeah, yeah, it was real. It was really uncomfortable, comfortable for me. Where I'm like, man, it kind of got me in a bad mood, a down mood. So the only thing I can say is maybe he had a lot of problems. He had a lot going on um, mentally, where um, he did, you know, do drugs to cover it up a little bit. And uh, a lot of his songs, he always talked about dying. That's a little, that's a little yeah. scary. Mm-hmm. But um, I think a situation like that, it, to me, is no point of doing the whole. Oh, we need to talk to our younger generation. I think, uh, I think the most important thing is we need to check on them. You know, make sure they're good. We need to, uh, you know, if you need anything, let me know. We, we need to. I think we need to be more supportive. Instead of trying to break them down like they're little kids, that that's the only thing I could, that's the only thing I could think of. I agree. I think there needs to be more of a, uh, uh, I guess, um, a, a bad connotation with some of these drugs that people are taking, man. Like, because honestly, the way people rap about, I, I feel like nobody would rap about taking crack, you know, or smoking crack. 
because there's a negative connotation to that. Mm-hmm. But there's no negative connotation towards popping pills and sipping lean and all that stuff. That's actually look actually propped up. Look cool. Yeah. So that's the problem. Um, Jasmine, do you do you listen to Juice Word a lot? Did you know? No, I didn't, him? and I'm not gonna lie. Um, now that his album and his music is streaming, I have like purposely not. Oh wow! Because I I didn't listen to him to begin with, and the songs that I did hear, he was very sad and he was very depressed, and it's just not the the mentality that I wanted to put myself in, honestly. I feel you. So I um. I, I don't I mean to be insensitive, but I just I've stayed kind of away from this story just because it's I, I don't know. I don't know the solution as far as what's going on. And especially if he just did it to escape, um, you know, jail time or whatever was happening. I, I don't know. I don't know enough about the situation. I don't know enough about him. So I just have really kind of stayed clear from the subject and, you know, prayers out to his family and loved ones. But it's just not something that I've really um Paid, you know, gave him too much of my attention at least. The, real quick, the one thing I kind of hate is I hate how when stuff like this happen, people always blame the rappers, saying, "Oh yeah, it's your music, the one that's doing this." Mm-hmm. But I feel like the people, the fans, control the music more than anything because um, we like dancing to Mask Off, Future Mask yeah. Off, yeah. Percocets, yeah. Molly Percocets. If that song wasn't hot, if people kind of like, nah, I ain't listening to that song, or I feel like a lot of rappers wouldn't make songs like that, talking about drugs, talking about lean and stuff like that. But we we listen to, we love them songs more than any other songs, yeah, than the do. positive song. So what are labels and rappers doing in the studio? Oh, make a song about lean, or make a song talking about popping Percocets, how cool it is. So I kind of don't like how people just go out and just blame the rapper. Like, that's that's what's hot right now. So a rapper going to make what's hot, what mm-hmm. people listen to. Because they probably, some of the rappers probably not even taking <laughs> Percocets or Lean. Most of them are. Including me, Honestly. because I, made, <laughs> I actually made a song called Lean. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I, I'm, I don't do Lean. But... That was the that's that type hot. of content that's, that's was hot. Move. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I think if uh, for the fans that's complaining and say, "Oh, these rappers need to set an example," all this other stuff, we need to set standards on what we listen to. I think if we if we come out and say, "Nah, like this song about lean," like, "Nah, I'm cool on that." Yeah, if, rappers if, 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 music if all of us set that standard, they won't make a song like that. They're gonna make what we want to listen to. I agree. I, that's actually a really good point. Um, I, I to that point though, I think the problem is that the industry. This is a a very copycat game that the artists are in right so now. So much where, in this generation. And honestly, I, I don't want to put all the blame on Lil Wayne, but I think a lot of people look at him as like the godfather to this, to this kind of yeah. rap. OG, he's the Jay Z of the. I want to say the South, the current culture yeah. right now, yeah. and. To that point, look, back in the 90s, early 90s, when gangster rap was all the wave, yeah, there was a lot of gangster rap coming out, but was everybody a gangster rapper? Was De La Soul doing gangster rap? Was Common doing gangster rap? Was everybody doing gangster rap even when it wasn't them? No. So the problem is, instead of being true to themselves, Got too and many they, followers. yeah, the artists are just playing it safe and saying, well, Lil Wayne did this and it worked for him. So I'm going to do the same shit, and it's going to work for me. 
instead of being true to who you are and not lying to these people. They're like, there's a big thought that future don't even do lean at all. Oh, I, I can tell you from, from knowing somebody that's actually hung out with him and a lot of them Atlanta rappers that, uh, she said she walked into a room and she saw so many, so much narcotics on the table that she almost passed out just from looking at it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, I can believe you. I, if, if there's not anybody that does lean, I believe that future absolutely does. Really? Absolutely. I just don't think he shows the. I don't think it's or lean. Did, I don't least. think it's lean. I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people in the industry do cocaine, do yeah. pills, oh, and yeah. stuff oh, like yeah. that. But um, lean, you can tell people that really do lean. I think. They, yeah. They, yeah. They, I, look like they get a little fat. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's more, you, you know, Percocets, you know, Quaaludes, all of that. Maybe not lean, but I, he's definitely like he's on not drug free. Oh yeah. yeah he definitely yeah. ain't drug free. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm not saying he's clean, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying he made a whole song about how much you love codeine. Crazy. <laughs> and I don't think he really sips lean like man, that. I tell you, I tell you, man, what I really think a lot of this boils down to, and um, and I've heard this term actually thrown around. Matter of fact, like I said, my girl, she's uh, she said it before, is toxic masculinity. Uh oh. And I think, it, like especially within our community, speak on it, King. Um, we got a lot of people. Obviously, mental health, mental uh, mental illness. That's big, but it's something that. It's not talked about as much in our community because it's, you know, you, you're thought of as weak if you have mental health issues or, you know, yeah. some sort of mental illness. So obviously you're not really going to speak on it. You're going to find ways to cover it up. And how you going to cover it up? Some people do it with sports. Some people do it with alcohol. A lot of people do it with drugs. And I think that that already is number one. Number two, you see this generation, obviously, you know, like, like you just said, Fig, about, you know, all the songs about Percocets and Molly and this, that, and the other. So I think, like, it's just one problem compounding on another. And I've never heard any of Juice World's music and never even tried to listen to it. I've heard of him, but obviously I've, I've never listened to his music. But, like, when you sit back and you really see how these young kids are on all these different types of drugs. And like I said, it's even kids like at the high school that I coach it. I know that they're on stuff. I know they are. Um, when you, when you see that over and over, and then you see these kids dying before their time. Um, it's something that really puts you in a somber mood and just a bad place mentally, because you really don't like seeing people go before they have a chance to really truly live and experience life. But I think that within our community, we have to become better as a as a as a community as far as making people feel okay to talk about mental illness, mental health, hell, even homosexuality. And I think that so much like you see a lot of the people that are going after D Wade and Gabrielle Union for their kid yeah. for, uh, for for his youngest son being alternative. Let's just go ahead and call it that. I think that so much, man, within our community, we gotta always feel big and bad and strong. And I think that some people are not, they don't feel empowered enough to actually speak on things that obviously plague every other community. But, you know, in our community, it's, it's frowned upon to speak on. It's almost kind of like it's a taboo. But I think that when you look at it from that aspect and then you add all of the, uh, all of the drug abuse onto it, I think that it's something, man, we got to start from the very beginning. And I think that may help this problem because, like I said, just, like Figgy said, man, the old heads just said, hey, you know, young guys, hey, get off that lean, get off the Percocet. They're not going to listen to that. But I think that if we start 
grooming our youth from the toddler age, the infantry age of, hey, you know what? If you're going through something mentally, it's okay to speak on it. It's okay to go and tell somebody. If you if you're feeling like, you know what? If you're a little boy and I like boys, I don't like girls, actually being open about it, then you know what? Hopefully they won't turn to drugs to actually go ahead and mask that pain yeah. or feeling like they've been ostracized. That's my take on it because, I mean, it's just going to get worse in my opinion. It's 2019. We better yeah. be in 2020. Yeah. And it's just going to get worse for this generation, obviously, and then the generations behind it because it just seems like it's a growing trend day in, day out. I agree, man. And to that point, I do feel like we're at times the only culture that just continually perpetuates a fraud about ourselves. Like we always, I know everybody, we're in a social media age where everybody acts like everybody's perfect and we portray this image. But I feel like especially the rapper image of, you know, you got to show the jewels, you got to show this stuff, you got to, you have to play a certain part. And then the people, the fans take that on too. People yeah. who can't afford an actual gold chain try to buy yeah. one anyway. They try to do what rappers do. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like a continual cycle. You got to break out of this somehow. And I think it, it does start with the artists just being true to themselves yeah. and not just saying, okay, well, lean is cool. So I'm going to just rap about lean or doing Percocets cool. So I'm actually do Percocets to everybody rapping about it and just be true to themselves. And I think it's more open than ever to be able yeah. to do that. But see, uh, but like, as an artist, it's hard to do because you got people. Look, let's look at the female rappers. Mm -hmm. You got City Girls, you got Meg, yes. you got Cardi B. What they rap about is working. Yeah, that's like, true. That's what people want to hear. Mm -hmm. Rhapsody. <laughs> I love Rhapsody, but a lot of people don't want to hear that for yep. some reason. That's Be not positive. what's hot. Yeah. I mean, and, and like I said, Rhapsody is the perfect person to listen to and you know followed by but people want to hear <laughs> city ass, girls yeah. Yeah. Damn and what you were just saying man like within our community so much is always bought on just having that animalistic just that that testosterone driven type of mentality because think about it right like my barb was just telling me this maybe about a couple months ago like with the whole uh drake and meek mill like Dude, do you know how many R&B uh, singers back in the 90s were actually writing other people's music? Yeah. But now, like, think about it. It's just in the rap industry. Oh, man, you don't write your own lyrics. Every other genre in music. Yes. People, yeah, are, people have ghostwriters. People are writing. Like, Babyface written so many songs for I don't even know how many people. Yeah. And nobody called him out on it because, hey, man, you're not a real R&B singer because... You don't write your own motherfucking, like, yeah. it's just like, when you think about it from that aspect, like, dude, like, seriously, does it really fucking matter? Because I don't really believe anybody writes all of their own raps. I don't believe anybody does. So, like, if you go and call out the next rapper, like, motherfucker, I don't think you write your own raps. Yeah. So, like, when you look at it, man, like, why does that matter? You know what I mean? But it's mm -hmm. only in the rap genre. It's only there where you got to write your own lyrics because if not... You're not real. Like, you're not a real nigga. You're not authentic. You're not, you're not this. You're not that. And believe me, man, these kids, they hear that shit. And they internalize that shit. So now they're growing up at 15, 16, 17, feeling like, you know what? Like, man, I got to be just like them. I got to be authentic like dude. And that shit really, at the end of the day, does not matter because so many ghostwriters out there, they just simply can't perform it on a stage you know, on a they track. Look. Yeah. Exactly. They don't have the look, but it doesn't really matter because guess what? 
they're writing, this dude is performing. Because at the end of the day, man, like to own to own the masters and to simply be the person that wrote this song, they're the ones getting paid more than the nigga performing it anyways. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I think that so much of that toxic masculinity seeps into our community, and I think that that shit has so many tentacles um, to it that that's why we have so many problems. I agree, man. I agree. And I don't think the answer to fixing that is simple. That's just something that's going to have to come out of time. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, it, it, true. Probably, like, Very like, true. Yeah, like Stan said earlier, it, it, it's probably going to get worse. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I seen Trippy Red say he's going to stop drinking lean. Yeah. But honestly, huh? He needs to. Yeah, looks like a mess. Yeah, honestly, and Juice World looked bad when he died too. Like just the, his physical shape was just yeah. Yeah, honestly, like with the music coming out, like why would you stop? Mm-hmm. Like you see that people are gonna be like, damn, and take a sip of lean <laughs> or pop a pill. Yeah. So um, I just think I just it, it's a it's it's gonna get worse. It. I think everybody, the whole uh, hip hop is all messed up to me, man. It's a bunch of problems with hip hop, yep. but point. I think everybody gotta step in. If they, if we want to stop all this, everybody gotta step in. Yeah, because these rappers ain't gonna start making positive music. Mm-hmm. And, oh, uh, that ain't happening. Yeah, because how much money they gonna lose? How 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 many records they gonna sell for making positive music? And we, yeah. <laughs> It, I think everybody got to step in. It's not just the rappers, mm-hmm. and it's not just the um, the listeners. I think everybody got to, you know, step in and embrace positivity. Let me well, let okay. me ask y'all one quick question, and I, I don't want to like you know get us all the way off topic. I don't mean to interrupt you. Let me see exactly how I can word this. Is there something different in our genetic makeup? And I'm exa- I'm a, I'm gonna explain what I mean. When you see so many old school white entertainers like Willie Nelson, like mm-hmm. I don't think there's a drug known to man or Steven Tyler, mm-hmm. a drug known to man that they have not used. And you see them being 70, 80 years old, and they still walk around on God's green earth. Mm-hmm. And then you see some of us like we dropping it like age 19, 20 from just like an overdose. Sometimes I wonder, like, do they just use different drugs? Is it a better batch? Or uh, is there is their body more genetically engineered to accept it? Like sometimes I'd be really <laughs> wondering that, man. I see where yeah. you're going. Yeah, honestly, I think back in the day, like back in the Steven Tyler days, mm-hmm. I don't think it was rough as now. Like now, I don't know what the fuck is what what is Molly? Yeah, what exactly yeah. is? Cause, yeah, because it could back, be laced with back, anything. Yeah, back then you had the LSD, you had the cocaine and stuff like weed, but like. What the fuck is Molly? Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I agree. I think back then, well, they look like they've had drugs yeah. right now. You got fake weed. Like, yeah. what the fuck is that? Yeah. So <laughs> it, it's a lot worse. Now, I think if those same people came up in this day, I think they'll be dropping a little early, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I think that, for one, people like that that you've mentioned, they look like they've had hard lives. Oh, yeah. They definitely look like they've had a hard <laughs> life. But I agree. I think that back then, yeah, I still think that certain things could be laced and, and um, not necessarily what they thought it was. But now, like you said, it's, it's a matter of people mixing stuff and just selling it just to make a profit. They don't care what it's doing to people's bodies. Like, they don't care, like, what they're putting into it. They 
they want to multiply the product just so they can have more more value to what they're making. Yeah, so yeah. I think that that has a lot to do with it. And I also think that um, ch- kind of going back to the point we made earlier, I think do as the generation, you know, as, as far as saying that they don't want to listen to the old heads, do you think they're going to listen to the positivity that we want to push now because of all this stuff. Like they, they are living what they're living. They are relating to this music because they're relating to it. How, what are the chances that they're going to listen to this change versus the change of snitching and, and the clout chasing? Like why, what, what bounds, you know, do they have to listen to one over the other? If their bottom line changes, Mm. if they start losing money one way or the other, then yeah, trust me, you'll Mm -hmm. get, you'll get their attention loud and clear. No, I'm saying as far as, like, the younger generation, though. Like, do you think the people, oh. like, the fan base, if they are already set in their ways as far as we're not listening to these old heads and we don't care, who who has to push the the agenda of positivity then? The guys that are doing it right now, whether it's the athletes, whether it's the rappers, like, the guys that are in it right now, like the baby, little mm. baby, Gunna. People like that, like the ones who are hot be right hot. now. Yeah, right now, like yeah. right now, kids, they only pay attention to who's hot. If you got a lot of followers, they will listen to what you have to say. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a lot of followers or you're not hot, they don't give two fucks what you got. Yeah, yeah because it, even if you go back to the uh, 80s, uh, early 90s, hip-hop was always bragging about, like, you know, you know, Africa, mm-hmm. you know, being black and all this other yeah, stuff. And what was people doing? They was wearing the African chains. Mm-hmm. It was wearing the beads and stuff like that. I think it, it, it it's not going to happen overnight. It, it wouldn't happen overnight, but I think it needed, I think if more artists go to, towards that, if they go towards, you know, I ain't got to say you got to be clean cut or, you know, Lecrae or nothing like that. Yeah. But if they, you know, just stay away from the drug talk. Because remember, once upon a time, you know, if you was on dope, that was like, oh, hell no. You were yeah. facing it. <laughs> yeah. But now you got um, people a, like Rick Ross saying smoking dope. Yes. I'm on myself. So it's kind of <laughs> yeah, like. Badge of honor. Yeah. So it's like, of course, they, people think it's cool to do that. So I think uh, if more, more of us say, nah, that's kind of fucked up. Hell no. Like, I think a lot of people will eventually follow that. You, Of course, you'll still have some people, you know, doing the drug life, but I think more people wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, Future rapped about it, so I'm about to do it. I'm, what's Molly? He, I heard them talk about Molly, so I'm about to pop Molly. Yeah. That's, what's, that's what's popping right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it, it really boils down to, like, who's hot. Because when you look at, let's say, Gucci Man, obviously, Gucci Man got a lot of fans, but... Is Gucci Mane right now hot like the baby is? No. Not even close. And so it really just boils down to who's hot. Because if you have multiple people who are hot saying it. The same thing. Yes, preaching yeah. it, then the kids, they'll start to listen. They'll start to follow. But if it's just one person like Gucci Man, we all fans of Gucci Man. But Gucci Man's not hot like the baby is right now. He ain't yeah. hot like even fucking 6 9 is. Just, you know, motherfuckers in jail. But if it becomes a lot of people over and over saying, preaching that word, then they'll start to listen. But if it's just one person, then there's always 10 other people over here to basically go ahead and refute that or, you know, retort that. Nah, man, go ahead and, you know, pop those pills. Because, you know, we all know when Gucci Mane first got out of prison, that's when he wanted to clean himself up and this and the other. Motherfucker got the six pack. Mm -hmm. But the kids, they're not so beholden to Gucci Mane that they're going to follow. 
Yeah. These kids right now, they're they're Gunner, the baby, uh, Migos, quality control. Like everybody's on that quality control type of beat right now. The Metro Boom and this that, and the other. It's gonna take a bevy of people, whether it's athletes, entertainers, all of that, to then start that movement. Yeah, you gotta be uh yeah, like you said, you gotta be um what was the word? I forgot the words you used, but uh, you gotta be yeah, you gotta be hot and you gotta be relatable. Yeah. Because Jay Z talking about being vegans and stuff, we I mean he's you know he's a whenever he yeah. drop whenever he drop he's hot but <laughs> like, it, he's on another level. And, we don't and, give a shit about being a vegan right now. And, and that's but like, if, like if it's like hot young artists, say for instance Juice World, he, hot young artists. He, say for instance he came out talking about this vegan like always talking about being a vegan. I think a lot of kids will follow that. <laughs> exactly. And, and to your point, Fig, that's the thing, man. I remember when Jay-Z had his concert here about two years ago at the Toyota Center. I went, and man, like I loved it because it was crowded, but it wasn't sold out packed. I don't really like, you know, huge crowds where I got to like always look around, you know, somebody might set off a bomb or something like that. And that it just goes to show Jay-Z, one of the best rappers of all time. I think we can all agree on that. Yes, correct? the best. Exactly. But then, but <laughs> and he wasn't sold out. It's a Toyota Center. This is Jay-Z. But guess what? You let fucking Migos come to town. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, like the, the line is wrapped all the way around the building, yes. all the way to, you know, Greenway Plaza. And it just goes to show these kids, they're just worried about what's hot. It, sure. Not necessarily saying who's better, but just who's hotter, which is like... You know, that's like Chinese checkers uh, to me when I hear that. But that's just in this generation, man, that's all these kids care about. The followers, who's got the blue check or, you know, this or that. Like, it's so much on, oh, my God, like he has to be somebody for me to listen to it rather than maybe he just simply is giving you good advice or he's just got a good outlook on it. But in because of social media with now TikTok, with Instagram, Twitter, and I don't even know how Snapchat, like in every in the way that everything is evolving within those social media accounts, I think that it's just gonna get it's just gonna get worse and worse. And I think these kids, I think they're gonna get more and more tone deaf, and I think their attention span, it's already this yeah. big. It's gonna shrink even more, which is scary. That's true. And I also think there's a bigger um, problem that we've kind of not even addressed, but this is kind of, in, in my view, a, a, the, the end result of what, what happened when hip hop crossed over. Honestly, um, I was watching a uh, old video of DMC from run DMC. And he was talking about the, the current state of rap right now. I thought it was actually a really good video. People might think it's just some old head complaining, but he mentioned the fact that, when he was on tour with Run DMC, they were doing every type of drug imaginable. Like, he did everything. But he said they specifically decided not to ever rap about that type of shit because when they rapped about Adidas, everybody went out and bought Adidas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they knew if they rapped about drinking, doing coke, everybody would do that. Yeah. So they consciously didn't do that. But then when N.W.A. came out, People thought that was a more real representation of what people were going through. But the biggest NWA fans were white people. Mm. At the time, there were a ton. You could look at a lot of these new age Republicans who are like 40 plus years old. I bet you they was NWA fans. Oh, yeah. Because they treat you go to like a NBA young boy show today. 
you will see a whole lot of white people there. Oh man. yeah. Oh yeah. It's funny. White suburban oh, yeah. kids. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because <laughs> I coach it. I coach over there at St. Thomas High School. It is a private school, whole bunch of white kids. And I'm literally one of my one of our starting linebackers. He walks up to me. He said, "Coach, from now on, call me Mike Lowry." <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, listen, I'm pretty sure your parents do not work hard to send you to this private school. Also, you also you can simply gather. You want to be called Mike Lowry. I am dead. Oh, yeah, no, sis. And he said it with a straight face. And I'm like, oh, I know man. they did not pay all this money to send you to this yes. school. And this is what your takeaway is. Coach, call me Mike Lowry. Do they oh, know yeah. who he is? Oh, no. Trust me. They know exactly who he is. Oh, yeah. He's like, Coach, it's NBA young boy. And I'm just like. Oh, man. I'm telling you, yeah. man. And that's the bigger thing because even if, let's say, there's a cultural change where we're like, we're not going to do those type of drugs, the white suburban kid who does not identify with that life at all, that's attractive to them. Yes, yeah. it is. Because it's almost kind of like going to the zoo or like yes. a safari because mm-hmm. they see they see the wildlife but they have that it's, nice they have yes. that nice uh protective it's, it's glass like that right wh- in between yeah it's like that white woman who's married and want to you know mess around with a black man yes but don't want anything else <laughs> you, she like, just wants to see what the black man is like yes yeah but they go back home when they, you know yeah she, she go she back want to, no relationship she goes back them. to danny or steven mm-hmm. yeah yes yeah. Or it's like 6'9", yeah. and he's not about any of that, and he just thought it looked yeah, fun on wow. the outside. Yeah, exactly. So I think, even, and that's the problem. Like, this is not a black-owned industry anymore. We don't control the culture like we should. And ultimately, uh, uh, the, we're, what we're doing is, the artists are doing is really to appeal to white people, honestly, yeah. because by, by portraying a certain image that's attractive to them, but they don't have to deal with the consequences of living. Yeah. So and to me And it's making the people up top rich. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so yeah, uh yeah, keep talking about killing people. And keep I, talking about drugs and overdose. Yeah. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but for me, I, I tend to I tend to really get irritated and agitated whenever that dynamic comes because I don't like how just like what you just said how you could have a Caucasian kid and they want to go, they want to go and get their hood fixed. They want to go listen to the music, this, that, and the other. But then, like my girl would always say, everybody wants to be black until it's time to really be black. black. You know what I mean? Like, so just like what you said, like the white girl, she'll go, she'll listen to the Migos, she'll listen to Gucci, man, this, and the other on Friday and Saturday, maybe even a little bit on Sunday. And then Monday morning, she goes runs back over there to the white people that she works with. And she's walking around holier than thou. And the thing is, is that like I always tell people, black people, white people, everybody is that, the thing about being a black person is that I have to be black 24-7. Yeah. I can yes. never take it off. So whenever you want to go and now basically um, solicit and exploit our culture for what you want, for your fetishes, but then you go run back over there whenever times get tough and you don't want to be ostracized from your community yeah. or being too black or yeah. you know being over there with those people, it's all good. I don't like how somebody wants to run over here. And then run back over there when it when it suits them. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't know how you guys. We no, nah, we can't do that. <laughs> we yes. can't do that at all. We can't yeah. just say, "Hey, let's put on a and that's uh, why I a don't cowboy like hat and some cowboy boots." <laughs> said, "Hey, country music for the weekend." And, yeah. then, and then go back to being in the hood. We can't. 
we can't really do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and we can't just turn it on. Hey, let's. I'm about to be white for the weekend. Let me exactly. find a white girl. Because the thing is, I've had conversations with um, several white people that ask me, like, hey, Stan, how come is it when I go to, like, a black spot, you know, people look at me kind of funny? Or if I go to, like, a black restaurant, this, that, and the other, and I tell them, like, because oftentimes they see that as you simply getting your black fix mm-hmm. and then running back to the white side of town. Now, if they see that you embrace their culture all the way, then you know what? They won't have no problems with you. Yeah. But as long as it comes off as, you know what, I'm just over here because, you know, I kind of like black men or I kind of <laughs> like black music because, yeah. you know, I want to bob my head to the beat yes. of Migos. I know every word of it, but then all of a sudden they don't want to be too associated with it because they don't want the white people to go ahead and, and, and label them. Like So that's why for me I don't like that because – I'm not able to go ahead and take this black off when I get pulled over by a cop. So I'm not able to do that. Fuck no. Like you should not be able to play both sides of the fence. No. And we know who's genuine and who's not. Yes. So you know. Yeah. (laughs) Just so you're you're aware, listeners. And see, see, that's one of the problems with hip hop. Uh, Hip hop will let anybody in who likes hip hop. So, uh, you know, not trying to pick on Eminem or nothing like that, but you don't know what he do outside of hip hop. He could be a fucking Republican. Republican. <laughs> I mean, he can yeah. hate black people. We don't know, but he rap. All he gotta do is rap and um, talk shit about Donald Trump, and we like, yeah, he's for the black folks. That's true. He's hip hop, and it shouldn't be that easy because if you look at other genres, we can't get in that easy. I mean, look what look they tried to so look, yeah, look what they tried to do to him. Like, like I mean, it's an argument to say, oh, is that a country song or not? But look how hard it was for, you know, look how easy it was for them to say, nah. And then you remember, do that. and then you remember, uh, Billy Ray Cyrus when he put that on his page, uh, how they, uh, like, I forget what award show it was with the billboard where they actually had his name above Lil Nas X to try to give the illusion yeah. that it was more his song than, uh, yeah. the Lil Nas X. Yeah. yeah. See, it, and see, like I said, I hate that we're so easy going. That's true. Because, uh, like with Billy Ray, like, no disrespect to Billy Ray, but black people's like, yeah, Billy Ray is cool. He's one yeah. of the, he's he invited to the yeah. cookout. Yes. Stop he can be inviting to the cookout. He can be, he can be somebody who just tried to get clout too. Yep. We don't know what his purpose is. He mm-hmm. could have been like, damn, let me just hop on this and get how to get, because he wasn't doing music before this. Nah, he really wasn't. And right after that, he dropped a, a little EP or whatever. Yeah. So like, I, th- I hate that we're so easy going like that. I get it. I'm the same way. And all all people gotta do is quote Tupac, <laughs> and we be like, oh yeah, or quote Jay Z. Tupac a little bit on rhythm. Oh yeah, Damn you know, shit. reasonable. That was a classic album. <laughs> and then we ride on board with him. I don't know how y'all feel about this, but I have a serious, and this is one of my biggest issues with Six Nine, French Montana, and it's a few others, but those are two two of the top ones that come to mind. I have a problem with people that do not have the same complexion as me using the N-word. Oh, and rap song. Oh, that's a whole nother debate. It's an hour right there. Yeah, man. Fat like, Joe. Yeah, like, man, I just... And, and the thing is, and, and I even have homeboys that they may not be black, let's say they're mixed, but they'll use the N-word. And I always pull them aside and I tell them, hey, man, like, let's cool with that. Simply because I get it, they use it, or sometimes if they have black descent in their family, they feel that they can use that, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, 
they also use it because, you know, well, Stan, I don't mean it maliciously. Like, I'm just, you know, like, I don't mean it in a bad way. I mean it the same way you do. And I'm like, I get that. But I'll never know if you're not using it in a friendly way and it's malicious because you're using it all the time. And so for me, if you do not go through the same anxieties that I go through when getting pulled over by a cop, no, you're not able to use it. That's like, that's my, that's my criteria for using that word. And I think that because they hear 6ix9ine, French Montana, um, I'm forgetting who else, but I know Cardi it's black. Yeah. Well, exactly. Same thing because with her. Because they're not even black. Yeah. Exactly. Like, like, at, like yeah. I don't, like Cardi B's real name is, man, it's like something like, Be- it's like <laughs> Beetlejuice. It's like Beetlejuice. <laughs> like something you say three times and like the boogeyman appears. So for me, like that is something that really gets under my skin. And because you see them doing it in the rap songs, in the rap videos, that gives people that are not black the permission to go and use that in every day-to-day life. Because when you tell them, hey, man, like, I don't like that. That's not cool. Don't don't use the N-word around me. That's immediately what they go to. Well, I mean, nobody gets on Cardi B for saying it. Nobody gets on French Montana for saying it. Nobody gets on uh 6 9 for saying it. And immediately when they say that, I don't really have as much of a comeback. Because yeah. French Montana does it, and obviously Diddy's right there. He signed a Diddy's label. Yeah. Diddy's right there allowing him to do it. So it's like, damn, I, they kind of like steal my thunder. Yeah, the rules kind of loose with that. So yeah. I don't. I think I think it's gonna get worse. Oh if yeah, anything. I agree because um, I just dislike it because you have you know these you know these white women rappers the the uh, what was it, the bad body or yeah bad baby yeah bad baby chick that catch me outside chick. You know, she, like, I don't know if she used it yet or if she did in the past, but she could probably use that word one time and probably won't even get canceled. Mm-hmm. People people on Twitter probably be upset and all this other shit, but she won't shit happen to her. Yeah. So we in that type of world. So I think it's going to get number worse. Yeah. Which is sad. Yeah. But it's definitely the and, and there's no real rule for it. <laughs> That fight to me has been lost a long time ago, honestly. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the looser we get with that word, the less you can police it, honestly. And it's out of control now. So I'm like, honestly, I- I've moved on to other black issues. I'm like, that that word, that whole issue to me is just we- we've gone too far with <laughs> I got a funny story about that too, because um it was I, I wanna say Sunday, I was um grilling some steaks on the grill mm-hmm. and this guy came out from one of the apartment complexes. And he was like, oh, hey, how you doing? You know, but, and he, I guess he was waiting for the you know, grill. But we started talking. He from um, Egypt. So he was saying he only been in Houston for three years or been in America for three years. And we was talking a little bit. And somehow he got on. Uh, I, oh, this is how it started. It started, I guess his friends were saying, oh, don't move to America. I heard they, you know, real racist and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, nah, it's not that bad like that. Nah, like, I ain't run across racist people like that. And he was like, yeah, yeah. And somebody was, um, somebody got mad at me because I said, nigga. (laughs) (laughs) And they tried to, they tried to, they tried to record me and they say anything. He's like, but I'm at, I'm from Africa. Yeah. (laughs) And I was just, I was kind of stunned. I was just like, man, I'm like, I can't, I don't even want to get into that conversation. Mm So I was like, oh, yeah, okay, okay. But, yeah, like like you said, that fight was lost, man. It like, really is, man. Ain't no point in trying to dog yeah. somebody for it. Like, if it's your personal friend 
and they're white. Yeah. Yes, pull them to the side and say, hey, man, I'm not, I'm not cool with you doing that. But, yeah, ain't no point of being upset on Twitter because somebody used it. Yeah, man, yeah, it's something that, uh, like I said. You're wasting time. No, I trust me, I, I know it's a losing battle. I know it is. It just, man, it just really, it infuriates me so much. And I, and I think it's because, once again, just like we we're talking about with, you know, embracing the black culture versus just getting your black fix, I feel like with, non-black people that's their way to kind of toe that line once again because it's they say it so much or they use it in regular conversation well okay well if you and me get into it and you're like nigga shut up well (laughs) i don't know if you mean it in the same terminology as how whenever we were joking around so that's one thing that That, yeah that's kind of like a female calling each other bitch all the time exactly same thing and then when you know somebody says something slick bitch so yeah it's kind of like don't even use that word don't even play yeah. around like that and i get it because my my old man used to always tell me it's like son don't use that word because i would use it in high school or in college and i may even still use it a little bit now but he would always tell me it's like son don't use that word because the white man hears you say it He's going to think that it's okay. And now, as I've gotten older, I truly see exactly what he meant all those years telling me that. Yeah. I ain't going to lie. It's hard to stop using that word, man. <laughs> it is. Like, I say it without even thinking. Like, I do a good job at work. Yeah. Like, Obviously. <laughs> I, I, look, I don't say it. Like, I'm good with not saying it around white people. Yeah. But, man, it's hard. I'll be at home. The dog do something. <laughs> Nigga, what you doing? <laughs> yeah, see, like me, I'll say it around my people. Yeah. But I do my best to not say it around anybody who does not look like me. Yeah. Simply yeah. because I, try, I, I don't want them to get that wrong it's, impression. Yeah. It, it look real ignorant, too, just yeah. using it loosely, just around a bunch of white people. I'm not saying, yeah. like, one person. You're right. Because there's a couple times, there's a couple cool white people. You might It might slip out or whatever. But when you're around a bunch of white people in a work area... You should not be saying nigga. No, you shouldn't. Mm -mm. You shouldn't say that at all. Honestly, and that's why people like a Fat Joe in French Montana. And I think that's like a New York thing, honestly. I think that's a New York thing of, what does that mean? I don't think so. No, that was me. uh, Siri tried to dip in the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a New York thing of black people calling everybody nigga. Yeah, so that's why when they say it, they don't see a big deal because that's they all hung out together because it wasn't segregated in New York. It was, I mean, it was might have been segregated with white people, but Hispanics and black people was like this. Yeah, Yeah. they -hmm. was together. So, uh, and and not to mention they was dark. Yes, (laughs) they was dark too. It wasn't like Hispanics down in Houston where they you know came from Mexico, but. Yeah, so a lot of them came from the Dominican and yeah. stuff like that. So they Puerto look, Rico. Yeah. yeah, they look just like us right now. But um, yeah, man, it's that's a thin line, man. Yeah, <laughs> because <laughs> it did too. A lot of people um, like Fat Joe would say we're black. Yeah, that's we okay. Black. Okay, we got to stop now. Yeah, that's because that's we're, we're going down a rabbit hole. I know, I know that's from. that's what I'm saying. We, we ain't gotta go. We ain't gotta go down it. But yeah, like I said, you got some people who feel like they're black. Like, now, because that opens up, people, what, is, what does black mean? Yeah. So that's, now, that's what I'm saying. I got a simple but, way to define but, black. A very simple way. Skin tone. Plain and simple. But, now, now yeah. there, there, are, but, there are yellow bones. No, don't you do Speak for yourself. And now, 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 you're right. Now, yes, the yellow bones, yes, I get it. But to me, 
And like, I got a homeboy right now. He's real cool, man. I love him to death, but he's mixed with, I believe it's Hispanic and black. And I, me, me personally, I, I break it down like this. Number one, the skin tone, but I understand the yellow bones. They're still invited to the cookout. They're like, they, they can say the I mean, word black. I mean, my, if their exactly. parents are black, you would think they're black. Exactly. Right? Yeah. But whenever you look like you're Hispanic, like you look Hispanic, like, and what I mean by that is not only skin tone, you got the hairstyle or the hair, the hair grade of a Hispanic person. Then no, I'm sorry, you can't say it. I think I you think can. it's your lifestyle too, because it's a lot of Hispanics in Houston. Yeah, it, but they don't really identify as black because some people. It's some I know some Spanish people that identify as black. Yeah, yeah, you know, but I know some you know, too. last name Perez or whatever. But you got some Hispanics that that identify as like Mexican or yeah. you know they don't identify as being a black person unless it benefits them. Exactly. So, and yeah. that's what I don't like. Where they do it because they feel like it benefits Be- them in that moment. Oh, yeah, because look at somebody like Fabulous. Fabulous is technically Dominican. Yes. <laughs> but he don't walk around with a Dominican flag. He don't say, "Oh yeah, my peoples" and all this stuff. He he identifies black. He understands that that's, that's what he so looks it's like. Hard, yeah. That is so it's hard. That's news to me. I never knew he was Dominican. Yeah. yeah. What's his real name? Wow. It's like oh, yeah. John Jackson. A, it's something plain, but. I never I knew that. Char- Charlemagne always. Latino. I mean. Yeah, see, Charlemagne always mentioned like, oh yeah, is it safe to say you're the best Dominican rapper ever? Mm-hmm. Wow. And he like, no, nah, man. He, he was like, no, nah, because, you know, I don't really know nothing about. I that. never knew I that. I just know growing, growing up how I am. Fabulous mm-hmm. is Dominican. Wow. Both parents? Uh, I want to say Domin- one. I think one. Dominican yeah. and African American descent. Wow. But he grew up in New York City, so it's not. Yeah, like that's it. what he I'm saying. About it. Yeah, and, and, and he and he looks like every bit of like man. yeah yeah. So if you look at his hair every now and then, it, it, you can tell it's more than just a white cap, though. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. Because you yeah. can because that's the number one telltale sign. You can look somebody's gray hair, yeah. and you can tell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, my yeah, my point being there's a lot of people that look like Fab that's Dominican. Yeah. And they use that word loosely. <laughs> so You're right, you're right. So, like you're I right. said, that's it is a lot of dark skinned Dominicans. We, we yeah. gotta go down that rabbit. Oh, you got yeah. David Ortiz. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So do we do he identify as being a black man or is he Dominican or do we first thing he say, No, I'm Dominican. See to me. <laughs> and and I know obviously it, I I know I know I, we don't want to go down the hole. Okay, hey, we there now. Hey, we down there. We there now. We at the bottom. <laughs> to me, somebody somebody like Big Poppy, like David Ortiz, or like Fabulous, if they get pulled over by a cop, they're gonna go through the same anxieties that I would go through. So for somebody like them, I'm okay with them using the N word because. Like just like what you said, like we already down here. Mm-hmm. Like 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 me and me and Big Poppy, like we already in the same rabbit hole. Like the cop come around us, he's gonna think the same thing about both of us. Now obviously Big Poppy, you know, his face is very well recognized, and so maybe they'll let him off because of that. But if they're just going off of just skin complexion, seeing two men, they're gonna oh no, they're taking both of us down for question. I I I have a problem with that mentality because I think all oppression ain't equal, number one. And number two, let's be real about the Latino black connection. Uh, I know, I've known a lot of Latino people and a lot of people, Latino people's parents 
who are very anti-black. Oh, yes. Oh, oh yes. No so, question. Yes. You could argue if you are existing, existing in a culture that could be described as anti-black, should you be saying nigga this, nigga that? Oh, no. This stuff? And, no and, and, yeah, and, and that, that's another point right there. Trust me. That, and that's where, uh, to, to what Fig said about, uh, about the Egyptian guy. Um, and like I said, I've actually been to Egypt. I remember I took a trip with my girl, uh, several, couple years ago. And I can tell you, man, like being over there in Egypt, that is something I learned. Like, yes, Egypt is on the continent of Africa. Yes. That is, the, we, we can all agree on that. But Egyptians do not identify yes. with Africa. They don't identify as Africans. They think yeah. of themselves as Middle Eastern yes. simply yeah. because they don't want that connotation of Nigerians Af- are yes. niggers to exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, the, so I, I definitely understand what you're saying, uh, Ryan. Because yes, there are some parents that they simply are like they're anti-black, yes. and so for for them, that's why I'm so militant about that word. Yeah. Simply because, man, like I know white people that yeah, like the, like uh, like the kid I'm telling you about, mm. Mike Lowry. I'm pretty <laughs> sure his parents don't invite me to the to their you know get-togethers things yeah. like that. So yeah, I'm very cognizant, man, that. Just because the kid feels some type of way, man, those parents, man, they can have a completely different outlook on it. That's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Well. Like I said, it's a, yeah, it's a lot, man, because, you know, we work with a lot of Hispanics. Mm-hmm. I guarantee they, most of them don't identify as a black person. Yes. Oh, no question. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. So I think it depends. It, it, I think it depends where you grew up and your real background, because somebody from Mexico if your your family is from Mexico, is that that's you know they don't identify as being black. Yes. But a lot of people from the Dominican do identify as you know black. <laughs> like I said, I just, man, yeah, that, that's like a said, that's yeah. a huge rabbit hole that we could dedicate yeah, a whole podcast to yeah. that. Um, yeah. Just deciding what's think, black yeah. and who. I don't even a, think it's a right answer. Yeah, there really is an honest. Because answer, remember man. the girl that went on the Breakfast Club. I think she was on Love and Hip Hop something, but she was like she she identifies Afro Latina. Yeah, I never heard it. I never I've heard, heard that, that before. I've really? heard that okay, before. I never Cardi, heard. That. I, I, I never think heard Cardi calls herself Afro Latina. Cardi is fabulous. Is he doesn't like we said, but he doesn't claim it. But he technically is. He's Dominican, yeah. and he's yeah. And this girl, she she looked, she was like probably darker than all of us in this room. Mm-hmm. And she had an afro and everything, but she was <laughs> Dominican or what? Afro? She said I've Afro-Latina. heard Afro Latina before. Yeah. So um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, that's a whole other debate, think, man. And yeah. like you said, there's no real answer because there's no like scientific definition on what black is it's just yeah. something we we have a feeling about yeah but <laughs> l- let's let's cr- climb out yes. this rabbit hole <laughs> we i know we we done kept stanford a long yeah, time this oh no no we girl good, his we girl good. probably checking up on him wondering <laughs> if he's really at a podcast right now no the one time we had season i think we probably got him in trouble <laughs> i think he might have he was checking out he ain't been back phone. yeah <laughs> Yeah, Cecil had a good time, but I think he's, his. He said he said he would love to come back, but uh, he was telling somebody like, "Yeah, it's long, man." <laughs> <laughs> it's long. 
But yeah, yeah, his girl was like, wait a minute, yeah, what I you think, doing? I think you yeah, I remember you was an athlete, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is we actually live streamed that one, too, because we had cameras. Oh, so yeah. She I had an alibi, yeah. but maybe she wasn't checking it. <laughs> <laughs> she like, what kind of podcast is this? I'm dead. Uh, so... Um, we got some other topics. Rest in peace, man. Juice World. Oh yeah, rest in peace, Juice. I forgot that was. That's, that was <laughs> That's how yeah. we got here. That was the original conversation. That's where I started. That's oh where it started wow. From, but yes, rest in peace, Juice World. Very tragic situation, man. Uh, and yeah, hopefully, you know, something good comes of it from a message standpoint of what people should be living like. But we'll see. I don't like Biggie said. I really don't know if that's gonna happen. Um, so we got some other things to talk about, but. You brought this up, Stanford, and we want to get your take. I know this is not a sports podcast, but you brought this up earlier, and I kind of want to know your thoughts on it uh, being is that you played in the NFL okay. and you know of the people involved probably. Uh-oh. Um, you talked about Colin Kaepernick earlier. Mm-hmm. So I want to know your thoughts as a black man and a former NFL player on how this whole thing shook out about his NFL workout that supposedly yeah. Jay Z helped coordinate along with others. Okay. Stephen A. Smith apparently because <laughs> he's taking credit <laughs> for it. But um, a a workout was scheduled and it did not really go through the way it was planned because of some contractual wording and what he would have to sign for it. Yeah. So he held his own private workout in Atlanta, and Roger Goodell made a statement saying that the league has moved on. Yeah, moved they gave on. him a shot. I heard. That. What What do you think about this, man? Oh man, this and just like the last subject we were just talking about, like man, there's so many different levels to this. I think that a number one, we all know that the NFL blackballed Kaepernick for him kneeling. We all know that. That's number one. Number two, I believe that this was set up just as a way to pacify Kaepernick. Okay, you know what? We're gonna give him the workout just to show everybody the masses that we didn't blackball him because you know what? We're giving him this shot. But anybody that knows anything about the NFL or the inner workings of the NFL, not on Sundays, but from Monday through Saturday, knows that the national workout day for free agents in the NFL is on Tuesday. Everybody knows that because that's the NFL day off. That's when the players have off. That's when the coaches are actually able to go out there, watch a player who's working out, the GM, the owner, what have you. And for them to do it in Atlanta, of all places, that just told me that, okay, you know what, this is kind of weird because they're doing it on a Saturday. Everybody outside of the Atlanta Falcons, and I believe they had an away game that Saturday, leaving to go to, I believe it was Carolina, I believe. Um, nobody's able, going to be able to watch that who actually makes decisions on who gets signed and who doesn't. Because the head coach, the GM, the owner, they're getting ready to play a game on Sunday. Or they're flying to that city that they're going to be playing a game in. So to me, that already was bullshit. Now, I think where Kaepernick went and took it from A to Z. Okay, we can all see that this is a little bit, that this is a sham. We can all see that this is not set up for you to actually get signed to a team. Okay, cool. Then you know what, Cap? You should have just simply declined the whole goddamn workout. That's what he should have did. But he wants to go and do what? Change the narrative. Kaepernick to me is more worried about right now being like a Martin Luther King, being a martyr, being like being a, a political figure than he is being a football player because he could have easily declined. But no, he decided to go ahead, change the narrative, move it to a venue. I believe it was at a high school, 60 miles 
away from where the workout was supposed to be yes. is. That's number one. And then he's already got the fans there. So he's already notified the fans of, hey, this is what we're going to do, but we're not going to tell the NFL to the last minute. He's wearing a Kuta Kente shirt. <laughs> like, like, I mean, come on, dude. Like, yeah. he's wearing a Kuta yes. Kente shirt. So, and then he decides that he wants to change the narrative. Okay, cool. I get that. If you want to do that, that's fine. But do not sit up here. And do not go and try to basically appeal to, you know, black Twitter that the NFL is oppressing me. They're keeping me out. Motherfucker, like, <laughs> if you really, really wanted to be in this league, you know what you would have done, Cap? You would have done what your boss told you to do. Because just like I even said on my Instagram page, I don't care what genre you're in. I don't care what occupation you have. Everybody has someone they got to answer to. Is the NFL, is what they're doing correct? Is it right? No, it's not. But I'm going to tell you just like this as a man who owns rental properties uh, throughout uh, throughout Austin. I don't want to live in a world where I can't own something and do whatever the hell I want to do with it. Mm-hmm. Period. If you come, if you walk up to me right now and you're like, hey, man, F U of H or fuck U of H. Or, you know, it's all about Rice or TSU. And then you ask me, can you rent one of my homes? No, I'm not going to give it to you. But guess what? Am I going to be right to make that reason why I'm going to decline you being in my one of my homes? No, it's not right. But you know what? I'm the owner. Don't matter. I can do what the fuck I want to do. So I own it. And I think for Cap, he needs to go ahead and get that in his head. Well, I mean, it don't even matter now because they've already moved on. But you had to, he had to get that in his head that, man, you don't run this. Period. They're the owners. So if you want to continue to get paid by the NFL, you can have to do what they say. And I think for so many people, because I got people in my gym that two years ago, they were like, hey, Stan, anybody who doesn't kneel is a sellout, this, that, and the other. And I told them, I said, man, look, I said, you want to know why you see Ezekiel Elliott not kneeling, why you didn't see Des Bryant kneeling, why you don't see DeAndre Hopkins, Deshaun Watson. I can go all the way down the list. Why those guys ain't kneeling? Because you know what? They know that, hey, man, I got a family to feed. I got kids. I got a wife. I got parents. I got this. I got that. And I want to play in the NFL. So I'm going to have to do what my boss tells me. The NFL is a privilege. It's not a right. Just because you're talented enough does not mean you you have a right to play in the NFL. It doesn't mean that. Because if that was the case, everybody in every high school who has the talent would have made it. But not everybody did. That's why it's a privilege. And I think that's where with him appealing to all of black Twitter, everybody throughout the country, this and the other, that's a Kaepernick supporter that wants to protest the NFL and boycott all the games, this, that, and the other. To me, I think he was just simply pandering to everybody's heartstrings, pulling on their heartstrings uh, with their emotions because for Kaepernick to go and change the venue like that and not just simply decline, that told me right there, like, okay, Cap is more worried about just controlling the narrative and just seeing, being a, a political figure mm-hmm. more so than anything. And that's why I'm like, hey, man, like, I don't give a shit that Colin Kaepernick is not in the NFL. I really, really don't give a damn. Because, number one, when Cap first left the 49ers, Cap wasn't really that good. <laughs> that's number one. He got benched for Blaine Gabbert. So you want to now – you're not that good of a quarterback. I do believe he's one of the top 64 quarterbacks in the league. He should be on the team. But you're not really starter level on a good team, maybe on a bad team, but you're not starter level. So, okay, you want to now be this guy who has all of this surrounding him, and you want a team to sign you? Now, if you're 
Aaron Rodgers reaching free agency, if you're Deshaun Watson reaching free agency, if you were Kirk Cousins when he reached free agency, you know what? You go and you start kneeling, the owners, they'll find a way to look past that. Because you know what? We need this guy. He's a good quarterback. He can help us win. But if you're not somebody that has that leverage, you're not going to be able to do that. Plain and simple. Deshaun Watson will be able to do that when he reaches free agency, even though I don't think he will because the Texans are going to lock him up for a long time. Yeah. But if he does reach free agency, trust me, somebody's going to sign that guy. But Colin Kaepernick picked the wrong time. And if you want my blunt opinion, Uh-oh. I think Colin Kaepernick started that kneeling so he could remain relevant because he was about to fade into black because he'd already been benched for Blank Gabbard. I really think that he did that. It's a publicity stunt. Ooh, I really I, think so. I like how your take got spicier and spicier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. I'm sitting there like, I really do. I think, yeah, it was a publicity stunt. I, I, I agree with like 90% of what you said. I would pause at that end result because I do think he, if you followed his social media, he was posting a lot of pro black anti, you know, injustice yeah. stuff. Well before he started kneeling officially, um, I don't. He had no way of knowing that it was going to end like this. And, 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 and exactly, and that's why to me, I think it started off as a publicity stunt, and then it caught fire like no one had ever seen. And me personally, I think Kaepernick wanted to get back into the league, but he knew the black community. You've been kneeling all this time, and now all of a sudden, these owners, you know, these white owners tell you, stop kneeling, and you stop doing it? What is black Twitter going to call them? Yeah. Sell out. Yeah. And I don't think he wanted that. I think that he built up this locomotive of everybody getting behind him, and then it got to a point like, man, I kind of really just kind of want to stop and just get back to playing football. But he can't because he's done so much black Twitter the black community is so far behind him. If he turns back and panders to the white man, yes. he's going to be deemed a seller, and everybody's going to be like, man, you really wasn't about it. But, but I can tell you, and I know this from several people who have told me this, Colin Kaepernick, back in, I want to say, 2012-13, Colin Kaepernick was all about going to Vegas, running around with his shirt off at oh. rehab. Colin Kaepernick was in Miami with a whole bunch of non-black women having the time of his life. I'm so serious. No, listen to me. I'm very no, serious. I, I, I know, I know. Having the time of his life. And then all of a sudden, now you got your afro. You took your braids and now you're wearing an afro. Now everything is so pro-black. Everything. And what and all I'm basically saying is up until that time when he started kneeling, I did not even know Colin Kaepernick was black. I honestly thought he was like Dominican, yeah, maybe yeah, like, I did. Me too. like Middle Eastern, something like that. Now, yeah. like, hey, whatever his ethnicity is, I don't care. More power to him. That man was able to play for the 49ers, went to three straight NFC title games. Was made, a beast. Yeah, made a, made a lot of money, so great for him. I'm always going to ride for the players. But as far as this instance right here with him kneeling, up until then, I did not even know he was black. Simply because he never talked about it. He never showed it. I had never seen him walk around with an afro. I never saw that. So, and then when you factor in his girlfriend, I believe, what's her name? Nisi? She's like, Nessa. 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 She's a, she's a radio, she's a radio DJ. And so that's when you start to look at it like, okay, you know what? Maybe this, maybe there's a little bit more to this, but Colin Kaepernick still was actually going out, trying to kneel. 
for the right cause, trying to bring awareness to it. So I got to give him credit for that. He's bringing awareness to it. Now, was it disingenuous? His motive behind it? You can argue that and debate that for whatever, however long you want to. So I'll give him credit for that. But I firmly believe if you ask Colin Kaepernick to do this all over again, I firmly believe he would have never done it in the first place. I disagree there. I because well, I, I want to get let y'all, y'all get oh, go, it. Go ahead, make your point. Um, like I said, I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, I did follow Colin Kaepernick before he went militant, and he was did not come across like this. It came across as somebody who was trying to promote his own brand. He did that. Copernicking thing where he was kissing his bicep, yeah, I remember that Tebow thing, Kaepernicking or whatever he called it, and yeah, right. he, he was trying to make his own brand. He wasn't really having any success. Then he did this whole thing, and then of course now he's bigger than everybody. Oh yeah. Um, but I, I do. I would stop from saying that it was a publicity stunt because this type of thing has happened before in sports, and people have gotten blackballed and faded into obscurity. You know, he had no way. He was. Potentially, and he knew this. He knew if he did this, he would probably never play in the NFL again. Yeah. And he still did it, not knowing that it would end up in this kind of light. He had no idea that people would take sympathy with his cause. He had no way of knowing this until he did it. So that's why I, I wouldn't say his motive was disingenuous just on the face. I have no idea what's going on in his, in his mind. But I don't know. I, I just, I do think he. I don't think he wants to play in the NFL, and I'm glad you brought up the fact that the NFL was disingenuous in its own attempt. Oh, no question. But no I, question. I, just, were they? I don't know. I, like I said, I agree with what, a lot of what you say, but see, he, yeah. he, here's why. Here's why I thought it was somewhat of a publicity stunt, and why he then basically started to think, you know what? I kind of wish I could take this back, but I can't because everybody's going to call me a sellout, so I got to keep going forward. He did that around August, preseason, something like that, 2016, I believe. And then, obviously, they played out the season. He opted out of his contract for the 49ers, became a free agent, which, by the way, John Lynch already came out and said, if he hadn't opted out, we were going to cut him anyway. Yeah. But from that point on, when he was out of the league, until this, uh, until this workout in Atlanta, Georgia, right after his workout at the high school, I never heard Kaepernick speak. That's true. And if you really are that concerned about getting back in the league, making sure that everybody understands what you're saying, you're not disrespecting the military, you're not disrespecting the armed forces, this, any other, why the hell have you not said anything? Now, he'll go and, you know, post something on his Instagram, you know. That's my point for the longest. Why aren't you speaking? Like, why the fuck haven't you said anything? Why the fuck haven't you? What's your point now? Exactly. You have everybody's attention. Colin Kaepernick could have, during 2017, 2018, he could have literally went and did a press conference on his front lawn. CNN, MSNBC. Like, everybody would have sent a reporter to go cover that. Everybody would have. Because I don't care who you were in this country. You either felt strongly about Kaepernick and supported, or you were strongly against him. You were probably a Republican of some sort. So he was going to get the coverage that he wanted. I just think at the end of the day, I think he did this for, uh, to, uh, as a publicity stunt to just kind of spark his name because his star was fading quickly. Yeah. He got benched for Blaine Gabbard. Blaine Gabbard is a fucking bust in the NFL. We know that. He got benched for him. 
So I think he wanted to keep himself relevant. Maybe not something of, of a publicity stunt to the level of like, you know, the, uh, becoming like an actor in Hollywood, something like that, but just something to keep him relevant because as a backup quarterback, nobody gives a fuck about you. So I think that that's when it started and then it just caught wildfire. Everybody was talking about it. So many black people are now getting behind it because you know what? This, this biracial man, because he's, uh, he's adopted, but I think yeah. his, his biological parents, I believe maybe one is black. His mother, his mother gave him up. Yes. Because uh-huh. she cheated, I think, well, she had an affair with a black man. I oh, think as the story goes. I didn't know that. And she was embarrassed of that, so she gave up the baby to a, another white family. And so the mother has actually tried to get back into his life. I didn't know. Of course she did. I didn't know it's because she had an affair with a, wow. I believe that's how the story went. That's interesting right there. Um, And I think that, you know, it just caught, I think it just caught wildfire. Everybody got behind it. And it got so strong. It got so potent that, man, if he turns back now, black Twitter the black community is going to be like, nigga, you just wasted our time, man. We over here riding for you. I got homeboys that work out of my gym that literally he was like, Stan, I ain't, uh, I'm boycotting the NFL to Kaepernick get back in the league. And I told, <laughs> and I told, and I told him in 2017, I said, you better get ready to boycott the NFL for the rest of your days on this planet <laughs> because they're not letting him back in the league because A, he, when Kaepernick stopped, he wasn't that good of a player. So you can't command that type of that type of interest, and you don't have that type of leverage at that moment. 2012, 2013, Kaepernick had a lot of leverage. But 2016, he didn't have as much. So that was number one. The backup quarterback is, is, some, is supposed to be somebody that is seen and not heard. Yeah. You want a team to sign you to be a backup quarterback, and they got to answer questions about, so, you know, how do you feel about Kaepernick's stance, you know, yeah. with him kneeling? Yeah. How do you feel about his stance on, you know, black o- or, or a racial inequality or oppression or things like that? You think they want to answer questions like that about a backup quarterback? That's true. Yeah. A backup quarterback. And, and see, that kind of go back to my Takashi 6 9 uh, conversation. Is it worth it? Yeah. I like, get it. Yeah. Is he, like, is he really that good to say, you know, fuck it? We answer all these questions. We deal with the um, the uh, media circus. I mean, because it'll I definitely think, be a media think, circus. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, is he better than some of the quarterbacks in the league? Yes, but um, are those teams like real contenders? Where if they get him, they could get get somewhere? Probably not. So I mm. I just think people I I, I, I kind of understand why people saying you know what. I don't want to deal with that type of thing, especially if you're going to be a backup. Yeah, it's one thing if you're a starter and you, you and then know, and then not to get mention, back to the old cap, and not to mention, man, the sponsors that you're losing. I know that uh, back when the kneeling situation was going on with the in the NFL, I know uh, when, like my barber, he cuts a lot of the Houston Texans uh, players' heads, and he was telling me how like it was so bad that there was season ticket suite holders who literally had decided as long as there's kneeling. We are not going to go to the games. Yeah. They would literally write the Houston Texans a check before the season started that, you know, for the whole season mm-hmm. of, of owning, of having that suite, being able to rent it out. And with just every Sunday, that suite, that suite would be ass empty. Damn. But they've already paid for it. But that was just their way of showing, Hey, man, like we ain't coming to the game to watch some old political views or somebody's political stance. Like we're coming to watch offense versus defense, linebacker tackling the running back. 
cornerback picking off the quarterback, what have you. We're not coming to see somebody's political views. So I think that also with owners, because owners at the end of the day, owners are businessmen. They own football teams, yes, and they like the sport, but owners are businessmen. And if that bottom line is going to move based on this guy, nah, uh uh-uh. You got to get up out of here. You got to get up out of here, man. Yeah, I mean it's a business, and to my because I forgot the point. I got I lost lost my train of thought when I was talking earlier. But um, to your point, you made earlier about if he could do it all again, he wouldn't do it. I don't know if that's true because I think, like I said, when he he made a statement back when he was actually talking, he made a statement basically saying that you know while he was kneeling, he thought that you know if he never plays again in the NFL after the season is done, it was still worth it. He made it back then when he was fighting for his NFL life, yeah, basically. Uh-huh. He was still playing in the league. I think the goal of every NFL athlete, honestly, is to get as close as you can to a Super Bowl, make a lasting impact, and leave with your health and money intact. I will go ahead and push back on that, and I will say this. As a NFL player, and I remember Chris Carter told us this at the Rookie Symposium back in 2005. As an NFL player, you want to leave this game with two things. You want to leave with money and memories. And I can tell you, most players, if you ask them, but you got to do it off air. You can't do it with a camera, uh, a camera phone, or anything like that. You cannot do any, any way of recording it. Most players, if you ask them, hey, man, which would you choose? Hall of Fame or Super Bowl? They'll say Hall of Fame any day of the week. Of course. If you ask them, hey, man, which would you rather do? Would you rather go and make a lot of money? And, you know, obviously be a good player, make a lot of money on a crappy team. Or would you rather go and play for the New England Patriots for like the league minimum and walk away with without a lot of coin left when you're done playing? They'll tell you they'd rather make a lot of money and be on that losing team. Of course. That kind of make all the sense in the world. Now, 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 they're not going to say that out loud because the the media is going to kill them. Oh, my God, you're a me player. You don't care about – shut up. But at the end of the day, most players – they are more worried about making sure that they in, that they leave this game in a better position than they entered it. Kind of like that song, uh, Gold Digger by Kanye West, where he said, he, uh, you'll see him win a Super Bowl and drive off in a Hyundai. Mm-hmm. Man, players don't want to do that. Yep. They don't want to yeah. do They will trade that great life, that huge contract. They will trade that for playing on a crappy team. They won't say it out loud, but deep down inside, they will. Mm. I agree, and it makes yeah. sense, man. It makes sense, yeah. of course, especially when you consider the fact that a lot of these players probably came from poverty. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know? So, yeah, you don't mm-hmm. want to leave poor or, or leave with not as much that money as you could have gotten. Yeah. Exactly. What is exactly. that going to do? Exactly, sell man. it when things get rough. Yeah, the, I mean, the championship is great. It, believe me, it's great. I wish I would have been able to win one. But if you really break it down, most players, they will choose the money over that championship any day of the week, twice on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. So, to, so to that point, do you think that Kaepernick is satisfied now? I think now, I think now, especially what he did out there in Atlanta, I think he's satisfied because he's gonna go down in history. That's true. Like, and I'm talking about like, uh, what are we about to be in 2020? Yeah. Like, he's about to be like in 2120 history. <laughs> like, simply because that's a guy who lost his career. For what he believed. Ka- Kaepernick right now is like a modern day Martin Luther King. Unfortunately, yes. People are putting him up there. Yeah, like seriously, man. <laughs> so that's why I think for right now, I think he's I think he's okay with it. I mean, and I'll and I'll take it one step further. 
The reason why I still think this is all like a publicity stunt that just went wrong and then he started to just make it up as he went along, he sued the NFL. Yeah. And he settled with him out of court. He did. Yeah. And it was him and Eric Reed, and the payout was less than $10 million. Less reportedly, than ten million. Reportedly, we have really no way of knowing because it was supposed to be confidential. Exactly, but reported. Exactly. Is. So I'm assuming they split that in half. So even if they, let's say it was nine point nine million, they both got about four and a half. So wait a minute. If you really are just in your conviction, the NFL was willing to settle with you out of court. That means what? They thought, you know what, man, we actually have some info that might really get us uh That doesn't necessarily that us- mean that. It could just mean you want to be done with it. Why you want to be done with it? Because it's kind of like, I don't think settlement is an admission of guilt. No, I but. I think it's just we want to move on as a league and don't even want this to be in the news anymore, even though we did nothing wrong, technically, legally. Let me ask you this. You're in that situation, wealthy man, and it's a situation you know you were unequivocally innocent unequivocally innocent, and it's going to be proven because you are that innocent. Mm-hmm. You said it went out of court. If I have the money to, yes. Because? Because, uh, number one, the pressure and stress of a ongoing trial, the ongoing legal fees, and the bad but, 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 well, but you're wealthy, so the legal fees don't mean nothing to you. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, see, yeah, in the stress. court of public opinion, people are going to say, oh, he did it because he settled. That's true. Because you see a lot of celebrities yeah. who settle for, you know, these, you know, allegations, and we say, damn, he did that. <laughs> but, I mean, it could be a thing where they like, you know what, I just want to get it over with and move on because this is holding me up right now, going back and forth to court. And, I mean, I think that, you know, for him to go and obviously take the settlement money, which, like I said, it wasn't dumb for him to do. Like, they're going to give you some money, you take it. But for them to do that and then now – you have a problem with your former employer who you already have sued to not want you back in the building. Yeah. You sued your former employer <laughs> and now it's, Hey man, uh, you still, I have the right to you, be, you still going to give me that job. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I already sued you. I I, I sued you last year, Yes. <laughs> but man, like y'all going to let me back up in there, man. Like, yeah, it's a weird it's, look. It's weird, weird because look. like, honestly, he, like, why didn't he do what Eric Reed did? Because I don't see nothing wrong with what Eric Reed is doing. He got to make his living. He got to, mm-hmm. you know, take care of his family. He's still playing in the NFL. I don't understand why people kind of bash him because he, they're like, oh, you still collecting the check. Like, he's still standing up for what he believes. But he got to make his money. And a lot of that is he's on a team that's willing to let him stand up for what he believes. I remember, yeah. I remember when all of this went down in 2017, Jerry Jones, he made it very clear that if you're a Dallas Cowboy, you're going to stand for the National Anthem. Oh, yeah. And God rest his soul, Bob McNair, I know he told them Texans that. Because if you notice, yeah. do you ever remember a Houston Texan giving a statement on this whole kneeling scandal or even a Houston reporter asking them? Do you ever remember that? No. Because I believe it was it was specified to the media, hey, we're not answering any questions about the kneeling. Yeah, so media, media kind of strict yeah, too. So, so, so media, don't ask my players that. My players ain't answering it. We're just going to pretend this shit never happened. And if and so you see Seattle, obviously with Michael Bennett, they allowed him to do that with uh, with Paul Allen. Uh, you see certain other players throughout the league. I think it's a few guys on the Patriots. Uh, 
And you'll see certain teams have certain owners that are like, okay, you know what? I'm willing to let you express yourself. But, man, you down here in the South, and I don't care what nobody say, man. Remember, no, this it's, is it's this different, is, this man. Is, this is the South. Remember that. Well, let's all remember the Civil yeah, War. No, let's all remember no, what this, the Civil War yeah. was about. The North versus the South. So this is still a Confederate area. Let's go ahead and remember that. Jerry Jones from where? Arkansas. In the South. Bob, I think, <laughs> I, I believe Bob McNair is from Houston, correct? Or like, I, believe, I know he's from the South. He's yeah. I know he's been here yeah. for years. Exactly. So, yeah. so, so in their mind, hey man, you gonna do what the fuck I tell you. I'm gonna go ahead, I'm gonna pay you all this money. But you're older white men. Exactly. Too. You gonna, yeah. you gonna do what the fuck I tell you. Period. Yeah. Like, plain it, and simple. It's different in the South too, because like, with me living in, living in Cleveland, whenever the National Anthem come on, a lot of people stand up out of respect and all mm-hmm. that stuff, but it's not that big of a deal. Yes. Here it's like, shh. Yes. Yeah. And people sitting there like this looking serious mm-hmm. and tear dropping. Yeah. From the damn yes. <laughs> anthem. Oh, so no, it's no. like, oh shit. Like they, they really take that shit serious. Very much so, man. And, and that's why, you know, to your point, like I, I remember when all that went down, like Jerry Jones made it very clear. All of his players, and like you notice, Des Bryant. We all know Des Bryant, hothead. He don't mind saying what's on his mind. Des Bryant stood for that national anthem, yeah. yeah. Simply because you know what, that man that pays me fourteen million a year, uh, I want to continue to get paid that. So I'm gonna go ahead and do exactly what he says. Well, he him for that too. Yeah. He said he got kids to feed, and they were like, "You gonna stand for nothing?" Exactly. At the end of the day, man, that shit do not matter, man. You could you could exactly. sit in church. Every single Sunday. That don't mean you holier than thou. Now, I mean, like, we can sit here and stand for the athlete. That don't mean we support it or we, you know, you know, we praise yeah. by it. And, and, you know, um, I remember, like I said, one of my homeboys, he was like, Stan, anybody who don't stand for the national anthem is, you know, sell out this and that. And I said, bro, you'd be calling me that right now because if I was still playing and I'm playing for the Houston Texans or let's say the Kansas City Chiefs, I am standing for the national anthem. Oakland Raiders. Al Davis, he was a little bit more, uh, he would, he was a little bit more lenient with allowing you to show your personality. But mm-hmm. if I'm on one of these teams where I got one of these owners that ain't about all that, man, I'm standing. And this is why, because in our community, they want you to ride for the cause so much. And I get that. I respect that. But here's where I push back on it. Because guess what? If you go and you sit and you kneel for that national anthem, and you wind up getting blackballed from the NFL. Let's say somehow, some way, Colin Kaepernick gets on, on, uh, starts falling on hard times where he's uh, having money problems. Them same black people that told you to kneel, shit. are they gonna help you pay your bills? Yeah. They gonna be like, well, man, you should have managed your money better. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. why I'm not worrying about everybody else when I got to make that decision. I worry about me, my family, and our little cocoon in my world. I'm not worried about, well, man, you know, I don't want people to call me a sellout or this, that, and the other, man. Because when you need, when you need something, oh, no, they're not going to pick up the phone. But they're, they're right behind you when you know you're down for the call. So that's yeah. why, yeah, no. So, uh-uh. Somebody tried to call me out because I uh, was talking about the NFL a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh yeah, you a sellout, blah blah yeah. blah. And they love I'm saying like, that. And then the first thing I said was, "Well, you know, I got to cover the NFL. I got to cover the games. I work for a sports station." He's like, oh, oh, blah blah blah. I'm like, "Well, once you pay my salary, <laughs> exactly, I stop, stop watching. Yeah, like, that, that, pay my salary right now. I stop watching. That, and that's what I hate. It's just the lack of discretion and just the lack of common sense. Like these guys are out here getting paid." 
a lot of money. You think you are going to have any job on God's green earth where you get paid a lot of money and there ain't some bullshit you got to deal with? Like, come on. like. And so I think for a lot of people, they look at from from their standpoint of, let's say they make 50000 a year. So they're like, okay, well, you know what? He's making 10, 12 million a year. So you know what? Like, he should be good if he stops playing. Um, why would he stop playing when he still has the ability to? He's doing something he loves. So let him go ahead and do something he loves. I get both sides of it. I think that a lot of fans do not see it from the player standpoint of he's trying to feed his family. Yeah. That's what he's trying to do. Don't get in his way because also, if every player goes and kneels in the NFL, every black player, you trying to tell me that cops still ain't going to shoot unarmed black men? Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel a whole nother thing. That got so watered down. Yeah, anyway. like, so, yeah. Like, you're bring, I don't understand why people still. You're bringing attention to that. it, but, man, that is not going to change that. How that's going to change is when cops start getting incarcerated, they get their pension taken, they start getting thrown in jail. And I don't mean for, you know, five years like old girl up there in Dallas got. I'm talking about 20, 30, 40 years where they got, uh, where they can barely walk straight. Get charged for murder. Yeah, like where they're coming out when they're 70, losing their pension, things like that. That's what will change things. But kneeling, like, no, like everybody kneeling is not going to change it. I get it. You're bringing awareness to it. But that's not actually we going to change. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to change a white cop named Bobby shooting black kid in the hood named Trayvon. It's not going to stop that. It's just not. Mm-hmm. That's what Jay said, and they killed him for that too. Yeah. So, I, I mean. Yeah. That's why I kind of respect what Eric Reed do. Like, he's still getting a check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so what? But he's still talking about the cause. Now, yeah, he does. Like, it, Colin Kaepernick could have been playing in the league and still talking about the cause, breaking awareness. We're aware now. So, so I don't understand why people just tripping about the whole kneeling thing. I like, think that. That ain't nothing but a prop to me. Yeah. yeah. I think that to me, I firmly believe that the people that have a problem with him kneeling, that's just a roundabout way of showing their racism, in my personal opinion. Because when Tim Tebow was kneeling, it was called Tim Tebowing. Mm-hmm. He would kneel, but you know, before the game and do his little prayer or whatever. Nobody had a problem with that. Yeah. But you want to go and obviously get on this man because he's kneeling. Yes, he's doing it during the national anthem. That's going to piss off a lot of people from the armed forces, a lot of veterans, like my father included. My grandfather fought yeah. for this country. Exactly. He died so, for this country. so I understand that aspect of it, but I think anybody who was taking it as he's disrespecting the national anthem, you are intentionally being naive and you're intentionally being deaf because he's already, he said it way back when that why he was doing it to me. I think that when they see a player, because there's always going to be a level of envy, jealousy, and spite when it comes to athletes, they see an athlete doing something that is out of the regular lane of just simply doing what the fuck you're supposed to do, doing what you're told. And then it's a black player. That right there just adds more fuel to the fire. And then he's kneeling during the national anthem. So if you want to misinterpret what he's doing, you have ample reasons to do it. It doesn't mean you're right. It just means you have ample reasons to misinterpret what he's saying. But I personally believe if you're a Republican, you're a Trump supporter, something like that, and he definitely doesn't do nothing to help it the way he adds so much uh, gasoline to the fire, you give them obvious reasons to, but – 
Anybody with a brain can tell why he's doing that. I just think a lot of people firmly believe you're an athlete. Shut up and dribble. Shut up and throw that football. You don't need to be a politician. Let you know. Let the guys over there in Capitol Hill, let the guys in D.C. do all that. Man, you just go out there, you throw that football. And that's how a lot of fans look at athletes is shut up and entertain me. And by you kneeling, you're not entertaining me. Don't worry about all that. Run the ball, throw the ball, tackle somebody, and just shut up and get on about your business. So do you think that athletes should be outspoken? Because you said that um, if you're working for somebody, you can't make the rules, you can't do whatever you want. But at the same time, it seems like you're arguing that, you know, athletes are more than that and should be able to say more than that. To your the question you just asked me, that is based on – that person individually, simply because certain guys are outspoken and certain guys actually are oriented on all the issues. There's a lot of players, man, they don't really know all the facts about yeah. police brutality. And because they know that, hey, man, I play football. That's what I do. That's what I know. That's what I'm going to speak on. That's why you see certain guys leave the game. They don't get involved in broadcasting because they know, hey, man, talking is not my strong point. I don't know about everything. I can't give my articulated response. So they're simply not gonna, they're not gonna touch that. Certain players, like a Malcolm Jenkins or like an Anquan Bolden, yeah, they're gonna speak out because that's what they do. They, like, they know about what they're saying. But certain guys, man, I just wanna play football. I wanna go home, be with my kids, and that's it. So to your, to the question you just asked me, I think it's all just based on that specific player. I feel you. But I think that also, Whenever you give an opinion and it agrees with, and certain people agree with it, obviously they like it. They're going to big up you. They're going to promote you giving your opinion. If it's something that they don't agree with, they just think you need to shut up, play basketball, play football, whatever you want to call it. So it, it's a very, it's a very touchy subject. It's a very touchy topic at all because simply you're going to be on one side of the fence. You're going to be on the other. Very few yeah. people are going to be split right down the middle. And because this right here with the racism, because it touches so many people, and it's something that's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for some black people to even talk about. Yeah. Uh, not for me, but the thing is is that you got to be real strategic with how you do it. But once again, Ryan, to your question, I think it just all depends on that specific athlete, whether it's something he feels empowered to do or whether it's something he doesn't feel empowered to do. Um, I, I would personally be the type of player – I might kneel if I'm with the Raiders because Aldi would let me. But if it came down to me kneeling and, you know, power to the people versus me possibly getting ostracized out of the league, nah, man, I'm just going to stand. And I'll fight the battle another way. I feel you. Yeah. I respect that. I respect that. Um, so I think that, yeah, <laughs> I think that that's all I got. The militant hour going from, <laughs> you know, what? That's, that's probably a subject that would never die until oh, no. the world no. ends. Oh, no, no, it'll never oh, yeah. die, man, no. <laughs> because there's too many people that feel that strongly about it. And like, and I tell people all the time, man, like, listen, Jerry Jones and even Bob McNair, please do not think that, like, they're the only ones. Like, there's a lot of owners in the NFL. It's probably it's 30 yes. owners. All of, those, all of those owners know Donald Trump. All of those owners do. Some people are just better at probably hiding it than others, but everybody is going to believe if you own something and you're my employee, I can tell you what I want you to do. Yeah. Now, it may not be right. It may not be good for humanity, but I own you, bro. I do. Period. I own you. Yeah. Obviously, that has 
you know, uh, racial tendency, racial tones from, you know, way back then. I get that. But that's really the, what You're it my really, staff. exactly. That's really what it all boils down to. He owns the building. He owns the stadium. He owns the team. He can tell you to do what he wants you to do. Period. That's the end result at the end of the day. Now you have so many people that want to look at the aspect of, well, it's not right. There's a lot of things on this planet that aren't right. Yeah. So and we do a lot of shit we don't want to do. Exactly. And and I think that so many people, man, like, and I remember saying this on my Instagram page. My father, after he left the army, went to be a firefighter. And he said plenty of times he thought his boss didn't like him. So you know what? He had to make sure he was always at work on time, always had to do the right thing, got his eyes crossed his T's because he wanted to make sure he never got fired. Plain and simple. When he see the white boys over there fucking off, and obviously his chief don't say nothing. Yeah. But guess what? In any industry, there's people you got to fucking answer to. If you, if you owned your own tech company, but guess what? You got a board of, uh, you got a board of directors. You got to answer to the fucking board. (laughs) So you're going to always have somebody you have to answer to. And I think that so many of our people look at it well. He shouldn't have to do that. He shouldn't have to stand for the national. Why not? Mm. That dude signs his check every week. Why the hell not? Should he have to stand? Well, if he wants to get paid on Tuesday, he probably should stand. <laughs> the part but, that get me is you could do other things. Yeah. Like you could stand for the national anthem and still be, you know, active in that community. You mm-hmm. can still show your support. Yeah. You could do other shit. But people just so, you know, I guess focus on actually kneeling. Like that's not really doing shit at this point. Not that's just at a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's the part that kind of blow my mind. It's like you could do something else. I have other things to add, but I think <laughs> again this could be a whole other podcast <laughs> to itself. Right. And I'll so. li- I'll leave it with this. Whenever I have this conversation with people, because like I said, people still to this day even ask me. And one of my good friends that uh, that I work out with, I notice. Whenever you actually put it in terms that they can understand in their world, that's when they start to see their point. I asked him, I said, eat. I said, I said, one day I asked him, I said, I said, you are, you got your hair grown out. I said, right now, your boss is telling you right now, he wants you to cut your hair. What you doing? He's like, man, I probably wouldn't. I said, what about, uh, your wife? What about your two daughters? They're in dance class. They, you said you said their dance class is like twenty k a year. I said you really gonna lose your job behind exactly. That's what yeah. I'm saying. You really gonna lose. You really gonna lose your job behind that. And he said, you know what, Dan? Since you put it that way, he's like, Stan, I'd probably just go ahead and cut my hair and do what my boss says. So why are you getting mad at this football player out here for doing what his boss said? And when you put it in, and when I put it in, those, <laughs> when I put it in those terms, that's when they get that same look you just gave, where it's like. No, because I don't think it's this. Like I, I, I don't. We, we, we're gonna go back and forth on this, honestly, man. But I just to, to sum up my my take on that. I don't think it's apples to apples comparing a oh, NFL yeah. no, it, contracted yes. employee versus a salary employee at a major company. Yes, no, it's it, not it, the same. Y'all right. have a union and y'all have specific rules which even the owner has to abide to yeah. in with how he conducts the relationship with the players. So there was no rule in the NFL rulebook saying you can't kneel for the national anthem. That's why he did it and got away with it. So it, it is kind of unfair to say, oh, he shouldn't have a job because he kneeled, which was which was not illegal by NFL standards. No, it's not. But 
you still have your boss that you have to listen to. And because it is such, because the NFL is a basically a privately owned uh, entity, because of that, and because it's based on who's the right player for the job, who's the best player for the job, yeah. it's left up to interpretation. So think about it like this. How many times in business somebody gets hired, somebody gets promoted, and they give this? Oh, well, this was a better fit. Yeah. You see it often than exactly. the <laughs> Can you prove what's a better fit? No. That's, That's left up to what? Interpretation. So an owner is going to say, well, you know what? Uh, who's, who's some backup quarterback in the league nobody gives a you-know-what about? Uh, if it's Nathan Peterman with the Oakland Raiders. Oh, oh we, we thought we thought, <laughs> we thought he was a – we thought he was a better fit to sign on our team than Colin. Oh Kaepernick. man, can you've been seeing that all can, year. Can you can you prove that he's not a better fit? Can't prove it. Yeah. Picks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, trust me, very true. But it but it's not something that you can actually, without the shadow of a doubt, tangibly actually go ahead and prove because it's one of those arbitrary type of terms. Better fit. Well. Better fit for what? Better fit for the locker room. Yeah. Better fit on the team. Bad Better language. fit in the city. Like, there's really no true term, or I'm sorry, true meaning to it. It's so fluid. It can mean whatever they want it to mean. So, yeah, there was no rule about you can't kneel. But that's where it goes back to think about it like this. Think about at a company. Let's say you are going and you obviously are married. And let's say you are actually having sex with somebody mm. at the company. Now, you're committing adultery, but you're not actually breaking any law or any rule within the company. But it doesn't look good for the company, right or wrong. Yeah. It don't look good. So you know what? The boss, the supervisor, they might have to let you go if they find out about it. There's nothing in the bylaws that says you can't screw another employee. Mm -hmm. There's nothing in the bylaws, but it's one of those things where, yeah, I can go ahead and use that to go ahead and get you up out of here just because I don't like the way that looks. I don't think it's the right fit yeah. for this company. So it's really one of those types of gray area things. And then on top of that, he's black. Yeah. So that just adds more fuel to fire. I feel you. All right, we can wrap it up there. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good conversation. Yeah, no, no. This whole thing is yeah it was good. Yeah. Um, other things. Well, fuck. We'll get into this now. Some kind of brought it up earlier. Um, what? Kind of quickly. What is y'all's picks for your favorite album of the year? We could have broken this down a little bit more, but we could just run through it real quick. Um, just in general, let let's do a year end wrap up. What were your favorite albums of the year? What were your least favorite? Biggest appointment, surprises, anything? Let let's kind of wrap this year up with your favorite picks of the year, hip-hop-wise. So I I'll go first. Um, my favorite album, I thought about it. It was kind of between Little Brother, uh, May the Lord Watch, I think it's called, and uh, the Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib album, Bandana. Yeah. I got to go with Freddie Gibbs, man. That album is just too hard. That's really one of the main albums I keep going back to over and over again. Yeah. So I named that my official album of 2019. I was thinking about album of the decade, but that's just too hard, man. Yeah, yeah it's a lot. Ten years is a long that's time. That's a lot, yeah. We got to say that for some other podcast, maybe. But um, of the year, of the and it was a good year for hip-hop, I thought. A lot of good albums came out. Uh, my biggest disappointment, I got to say it, Schoolboy Q. Crash Talk. Oh, what? The biggest, yes. all, the biggest, biggest disappointment. Wow. I'm not saying the worst. 
biggest disappointment okay. Okay. in that I liked the Blank Face LP a lot. I was looking forward to this, and I listened to it once and never went back to it. Damn. You know, I think... That's one of my favorites. Really? Me yeah. too, actually. I just think he fell that's off one, with that one, man. That's one that I was out, went back and played. Damn. Yeah. I, 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 I got to say that. For me personally, man, I don't know if it's it was just me. Expectations. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't vibing with it, man. And I tried to listen to it because I, I went back after you said it was a good album. And I was like, maybe I'll miss something. I just don't like it, man. Uh. Something about it just don't hit with me. But, um... Biggest surprises, I did enjoy, of course, the Little Brother album that came out of nowhere. We had yeah. no idea they were even going to be back together, and they dropped an album this year. So I thought that was dope. And altogether, what, what is the worst album I heard this year? Um, I really got to think about it. I don't, I don't know what was the worst. My Maybe worst. That, did a Dipset album come out this year, or was that last year? That was last year, I think. Okay. I got to think about that. But what what is y'all's picks? It might have been this year. Was it? Was but, it early this year? Yeah. But um, my worst album was Chance the Rapper. Okay. That was a pretty bad album. It, it was kind of like a... I felt like he wrote a whole bunch of jingles and made them into songs. Because a lot of them sound like the uh, the Dorito commercial he made yeah. <laughs> with NSYNC. Or, was it NSYNC or Backstreet Boys? Mm-hmm. I think it was Backstreet Boys. But... uh. Yeah, his whole album sound like that on top of the cauliflower song. So I think that was that was my worst album. Okay. But um, I agree with you on the Freddie Gibbs and uh, Mad Lib. I love that album. Um, that was a pretty dope album. Um, I enjoyed the Meg the Stallion. Okay, <laughs> whatever that was, Fever. Yeah, I I enjoyed that. I went back to that a couple times. I think Jim Jones had a great album. I think that should be nominee for album of the year in the streets. Okay. <laughs> um, who else? Uh, I'm kind of scrolling through now. Uh, it was somebody else. Uh, you guys like, I like that Tyler album? Yeah, yeah. Tyler album was pretty good. I, yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I I, I like Schoolboy Q album. I thought that was uh, I thought it was a good album. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think what else off the top of the head. Um. Oh, yeah. Biggest I, surprise for me. Uh, sorry to cut you off. I like that Jane Smith album. Jane Smith? Yeah, okay. I like that one a lot, man. I go okay. back to it quite a bit. Mm. Um, oh, I, I did like West Side Gun. I, I, I like um, West Side Gun and them album, the album they dropped. I forgot which album it was because they've they been dropping a lot of shit. But um, that was another album I kept going back to. Okay. But, um, yeah, it, it, I think it been a pretty good year. I think so, too. The, the, uh, my dis, my other disappointment, too, is Earl Sweatshirt. Yeah. <laughs> I was shit. Pretty, yeah, I was pretty that disappointed. That might take it for me, too. That <laughs> might, yeah, that was actually worse than the schoolboy by a good amount. Yeah, that got to take it for me. Shit, man. Yeah, another nominee. Yeah. Uh, another nominee for me, uh, probably that Fab uh, Summertime Shootout. Yeah. As worse? Uh, uh, I I was I would probably say disappointed. Mm-hmm. I was a little disappointed at that because I thought it would have been a little bit. He, I heard a little too much auto tune mm-hmm. from, from with Fab. Yeah, and it's hard to you know get that with Fab. Um, a surprise decent album. I, I don't know if that's a nominee, but a surprise decent album. 
Believe it or not, for me, was Busy Bone. Really? Yeah. Look, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah. When I did meant, that come out? I th- uh, it came out th- not that long. I didn't even know it was dropping that album until I watched the Breakfast Club interview. Oh, wow. But um, it was actually decent. It was good to hear. It, it wasn't left field or nothing like that. You could tell he old school, but um, it was actually decent. He actually had some decent songs on there. Wow. And had a lot of, um, I think he had a lot of Cleveland um, artists that's under his wing on that album, too. Wow. But I was actually surprised at that because Busy Bone is known for dropping terrible, weird yes. albums. Yes. This one was actually, de- it had like decent, be- updated beats. Wow. So, uh, yeah, you heard a couple 808s in it and all that stuff, and he was rapping. So, uh, yeah, right. whenever you get a chance, check it out. But check that for sure. That was a surprise, okay album for me. And um, another one, just throw out there, I'm a ASAP. Mob fan, so ASAP Ant dropped some too. Okay, I really enjoy it. And um, and ASAP uh, Ferg. All right, all right, solid list. Jasmine, I think I know two of your favorite albums already. What? Chris Brown, Chris Brown, and Dreamville. You definitely yes. don't mention Dreamville. I thought Dreamville had a bomb <laughs> album. I don't care what you say. Um, Chris Brown's album was good. Uh, I liked Crash Talk. I I really enjoyed that. Maybe my favorite album of the year, honestly. Oh, wow. yeah, wow. I'm shocked you um, was this really disappointed. This wasn't good, man. I don't. Yeah, get it. I liked it, and I think I don't know. You know, I get into like their personal stuff, and like because Schoolboy, he had been really depressed and down for a really long time. So this is like his comeback album after the Mac death and after all the stuff that he was going through, and then being able to see him perform it live and see him like perform. A, after all those years, it was really good. Okay. So, um, yeah, Crash Talk, Dreamville, Indigo. Um, I thought Wale's album was really good. It's not talked it about anymore. Good. It but really I is. thought it was a good body of work. Um, Rowdy Rich's album was really good. I like, like, I enjoy it. Um, Summer Walker and honorable mention, I'd say, is Young Thug. Okay. Because I don't yeah, that really, was a, that I'm was not a big album. Young Thug fan, but the album was really good. It was. Um, I I don't want to shit on Chance because I never listened to it, but just the talk of everybody, it's trash. So I you, just you got to listen to it just yeah, to, check it out. The yeah, Hot yeah. Shower song really turned me off, and I really <laughs> yeah. think I had really like y'all know how I felt about Chance, and I'm he's kind of he's kind of those views are kind of changing, and I hate to say that. Why, but, just because the album ain't that good? No, just just all of the excuses that we were receiving. Yes. I thought Chance was a much more honest person than he is giving us lately. I agree. So, it's um, funny to see people turn on him, too. Yes. I wouldn't say I'm turning on him. I would just, like, I'm not I'm not on his wave right now. Yeah. Like, I'm sure if he released another good body of work, I'll equally be as, be as excited about it. But um, who else? A couple more albums Rick Ross dropped, too. I kind of enjoyed that album a little bit. I, thought, Miami I thought that was yeah. trash. I kind of, I kind of enjoyed it. I, I, I hate the. If it was named something else, yeah, I would probably like it more. But for the simple fact he named it Port of Miami too, mm-hmm. I really couldn't get with that. Um, yeah, I couldn't really get with that. Okay. Uh, another, nah, lo- lost tapes. I enjoyed yeah. that. Um, another honorable mention, YG. I thought YG's album was, um. Good to say that I did not enjoy his last two albums mm-hmm. that well. So um, my crazy lifestyle obviously is my favorite of his, but I thought that um, for real, for real, which was this year, was was better. He he got back on track. So okay. Um, okay. Why be in Corday? 
I've never gone back to that album. I haven't either. Really? I really yeah, haven't. I haven't either. I just, like, it feels good to say that was a good album, but I never feel like listening to it. Yeah. So it's kind of weird. Um, the Kanye one, nobody's mentioned that. It, does that even chart for us? Do we still fuck with I wouldn't even say it's disappointing, but. It's just okay? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, go to, I ain't gonna lie. I listen to it on my way to church. <laughs> gets you in your mood yeah because sometimes I don't want to listen to no gospel music sometimes like it's something about gospel music it's like man like I'm not really in the mood for that I kind of want to hear some 808s I want to yeah. hear some rapping I know what you mean and, but I don't want to go to church bumping no mm-hmm. you know ratchet ass music yeah. yeah so Kanye that that album might <laughs> might stick around for a minute though honestly yeah because that's a song, that, that's an album you can actually play in church. Mm-hmm. So, your mama hear it. Yeah, it might age kind of good. I wouldn't put the album in my top ten favorites, but I would put Follow God as probably one of my top ten favorite songs of the year. Follow God. I like that song a lot. Um, Stanford, you, you fuck with any music this year, man. You heard what anything. You listening to? Man, as far as albums... Man, I can't remember the last time I've actually really fucked with albums. With me nowadays, it's about songs. songs. Mm. Um, I really don't download uh, somebody's entire album. I'll go ahead, I'll kind of run through it on Apple Music, see which songs I like, download those. Yep. I would say this year, obviously, Love Old Town Road, Lil Nas X. Okay. Um, I would say I was on a huge Metro booming quality control kick this year. Um, wow, you got through that, that album? No, uh, I didn't listen to the whole oh. album. Like I said, but, but what I'm saying is like anything that's Metro booming mm-hmm. or just quality control, that type of sound, uh, like Gunna, Lil Baby, uh, Love the Baby, um, oh, yeah. any of that, I'm real heavy on. I really am. Uh, let me see here. I like, I like the baby's album. I do like that. Yeah. Um, I would probably say, man, anything from like from that area, man, any, anything out of Atlanta. Uh, quality control, that Metro booming, just that sound. That's yeah. probably what I'm on right now, the heaviest. And Young Thug's yeah. album, I, I like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel you. Yeah, that Young Thug album was actually really good. Really That's probably an underrated album. I don't know if it's underrated because I think it's probably done good rating, like numbers wise. Mm-hmm. No, I as think far it's as... good, but I feel like a lot of people are like, oh yeah, Thug got the album. Yeah, Thug got the album. More of yeah. I keep forgetting about it. He just released like a deluxe version or something like that. Yeah, I didn't bother did. to look he at it, that. but he did. Probably added one song. Oh, he got that song with Travis. Oh, that's what it is. Hot. I think it has a couple more songs too. But yeah, so that that does it for our picks of the year. So um, I think 2020 is going to be a big year. A lot of artists are are expected to drop. Kendrick, I heard Drake mentioned. I was disappointed. In 2020 or the end of the year? What do you, uh, 2020. Oh, 2020, okay. I meant. Um, Drake is going to drop. Kendrick might drop. He's been recording, apparently. Um, there's a whole list of other people. I, this is going to sound crazy, I know, but I'm disappointed if Playboy Cardi didn't drop this year. Hmm. I was looking forward to that album. I, 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 yeah. I, got it. Yeah. I am. He, a lot of his music leaked. Mm-hmm. So there, that's one thing. But I'm kind of disappointed he didn't drop an official album, but that's going to come next year probably. Wait, I thought he did drop something uh, this year. No, he didn't. He didn't oh, drop okay. anything this year. <clears throat> it's just been all leaks that came out. Gotcha. 
But there are a bunch of artists who are going to drop. And I think next year is going to be a really good year for hip hop too. Every year is really a good hit year for hip hop, man. DJ Khaled to me had a disappointing album too. I wasn't, really, but yes. I wasn't really expecting yeah. like, oh yeah, this is about to be the shit. But he all he's a good motivator. Yeah, like he get on the stage and be like, this is the best album I ever put together. I got Jay Z, I got Beyonce, I got Nas, I got Cardi B. Like his that album was kind of terrible, man. <laughs> that, that probably could have been his worst album. Yeah, I didn't like it either. Yeah. I'm looking through another list of people who are supposed to um, drop next year. Is J. Cole going to drop? Um, J. Cole told us that he was going away for a while, so I don't know that to be true. The Weeknd is going to drop a new album next year. For sure. That should be good. I think Party Next Door will, too. Yeah. And hopefully Um, Rihanna. Rihanna. I I, I I thought she was going to drop this year. Everybody did, man. man. Nobody knows what's going on with that. But I'm guessing she's going to drop next year, maybe. Uh, I see Vince Staples, but he drops quite frequently. He's been dropping. Um, he dropped a single not too long ago, too. Yeah. Janae Aiko is going to drop something, I think, next year. I think her and Big Sean both. Um, people are saying Childish Gambino is going to drop a, uh, a LP next year, too. So, mm-hmm. interesting. SZA going to drop her follow-up to Control next year. That's going to be interesting. So, yeah, good, good, good things on the horizon, man. I'm looking forward to it. I'm getting hyped now reading this list. So, a lot of stuff to talk about, talk about, and break down next year. Um, other quick hits we can get on real quick before we wrap this thing up. Um, y'all know that brother Nature got jumped. Yeah. Y'all see that? Yeah. <laughs> Why? I don't understand. Now, was it jumped? Well, or they just kind of get his ass handed to him? Well, he said he got jumped. <laughs> So let's break down this saga real quick. I know we, we, we said we hit it real quick. But um, bro, there was a video of the Brother Nature guy from Twitter and Instagram. If you don't know Brother Nature, he is a guy who got famous making a video um, feeding some deer and, I don't know, acting cool with them. And so now he just goes around and pets monkeys. And he's kind of like a hood Steve Irwin Basically, like he goes around and plays with animals and listens to trap music while he's dancing with animals and shit and some just goofy stuff. I don't know when why he's called. Shit, when, when I see shit like this, I feel like this podcast need need to be on another level. Oh, because of him? No, and how it's he just got like blo- he blew up. Yes, yeah. yeah. Like I feel like we give out good content. Yeah, but we don't have animals. That's the thing. If they we had monkeys, we don't have no. animals. Stan Farrell got the animals. <laughs> this dude taking uh, pictures with snakes. <laughs> He's standing on top of elephants. <laughs> he dabbing up monkeys. Man, wait, you you could have been brother nature, man. What happened? Yeah, you're a real brother videos. nature. Hey, listen, man. Let me tell, let me tell y'all. Something. Let me tell. At the end of the day, I am still terrified of wild animals. Now, if there's a wrangler standing. Right outside of the camera frame, you know, the, the shutter frame, it's all good because you know it looks like I'm one with animals. But no, uh, uh-uh. like I ain't no Steve Irwin, I ain't nothing like that. Like I'm not about to go and be, you know, talking to these animals that I just meet in the wild. Oh no, I'm not doing that. Oh yeah, I'm doing everything in a controlled setting. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Let's be real. What that dude gonna do, man? If some shit pop off. I mean, I would. I hope that because he knows the animal, if that he tiger just, pop off, hey, hey I, 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 I just feel more comfortable with somebody else there. But like, 
Walking up to like an animal in the wild? No, nah, that, that ain't me. I'm too. Yeah. I'm too afraid of animals. Well, that's his thing. Um, he made a, a whole brand being this super positive guy who just wants to have fun with animals and turn up with them. But there was video of him getting his head stomped outside of a set <laughs> sandwich shop uh, this past yeah. week. And um, people were circulating it saying, you know, who, who, who would jump Brother Nature? He's all about positivity and love. Oh, somebody jump him and beat him up. He tweeted this. He said, I know there's a video of me getting jumped. Everyone in the pizza shop literally just watched with their phones out and did nothing. Oh, well. Well, it turns out uh, the the pizza shop has security footage, uh. and it turned out that Brother Nature, Mr. Positivity himself, was the perpetrator of the entire fight. Like, he instigated the entire thing. Interesting. And basically, he was, I don't know exactly what kind of, ar- I think the argument started with a guy taking a picture of him. He didn't want to be, uh, have a picture taken. Mm-hmm. Brother Nature didn't. And uh, so he was basically cussing the guy out. They started a fight. Apparently, he instigated it because he ran up on the guy. He said he was a dead man when he walked out oh, the place. Man. They walked out, and I guess um, they shot the fair one, and he got the worst end of it because he got beat up. And now things ain't the same for him because <laughs> his, caps, his, his mentions are in shambles. <laughs> but... I just thought this was funny. I had nothing else to yeah. say about it. I just think it's funny when these so-called positive social media people get into for what they really are. Mm. Yeah. This instigating ass motherfuckers. <laughs> but so, Brother Nature, I don't know if Brother Nature is canceled, but I think yeah, his his videos ain't hitting the same no more. <laughs> yeah. Um. Other things. Andre three thousand had a podcast with Rick Rubin. And in this podcast, he basically said that he hasn't made any new music, despite reports that he was recording something. He said that he hasn't recorded anything. He hasn't made any music, and basically, he doesn't have the inspiration to do anything. Um, He said his focus is not there. His confidence is not there. He says, I tinker a lot. I haven't been motivated to do a serious project. I would like to, but it's just not coming. Even melody-wise, I'm getting sick of my melodies because they seem like they're tied to something that I know. Mm. And basically, he talked about his uh, social anxiety and how he kind of just wishes he wasn't famous at all. Dang. But, you know, he can't take that away. So, yeah. I want to hear this whole podcast. I'm sure it's good. Yeah. I didn't even know Ray Rubin had a podcast. Me neither. I didn't either. Me neither. But, Do you so, know what it's called? It is called Broken Record. So I'm gonna check that out, but yeah, the breaking news was basically that Andre 3000, for all intents and purposes, is retired and it's not gonna make anything anytime but soon. But he kind of been saying that though for a little bit. He always said he he not inspired. Yeah. And once in a while he'd hop on somebody's record, but yeah, I kind of feel him because if if the music he hearing now is not really inspiring him, man. Well, I think it's just like when he was making music, he was coming from a different place, you know. I'm mean, he's yeah. been famous for so long now, man. It's hard to stay inspired when you know you have everything already and you're living in your own world. Yeah, you know. So when he was coming out, like he was a hood dude. People forget he was a hood dude coming from out, Atlanta. man. Yeah. He was a hood dude, and he went to an entirely different, you know, universe basically. Yeah, and I. I understand how you know and also he's probably feeling the pressure of if he does put something out will it meet expectations of what they expect from him 
So I don't know. I, I'm, I think honestly, if we don't ever get any Andre 3000 real solo album, like I'm happy with what we I'm have. Kind of, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. kind of fine uh, with him riding off in the sunset. I'm good. With what I'm he not gave us. itching for Andre 3000 project. Yeah, I feel the same. I think it would suck if we never got anything. But at the same time, I think he's given us enough. Yeah, know, he got Outkast albums yeah. and then his one unofficial solo album, I guess, yeah. mm-hmm. Love Below, which yeah. is a. <laughs> I still listen. I still listen to that album to this day. Yeah, it's classic, man. Yeah. Classic. So there's that. Um, and anything else? I think that's really about it. Anything else? This is going to be the last podcast of the year. Is there anything? Oh, oh yeah. Wow. Kodak Black said that he was drugged in prison. Oh, yeah. Drugged and abused. Uh-oh. He said, oh, this is a long-ass post. I don't want to read yeah. the whole thing. Basically, he's talking about um, he thinks he was drugged in prison. He was laced with an unknown substance. And um, the COs were abusing him and pepper sprayed him and beat him down. And he's really struggling hard in prison. I think he's going to be in there for like two years. I think he has a two-year sentence or something like that. And he's just saying he has having a hard time being abused. And he was apparently drugged. So, hmm. are we saying free Kodak yet? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Okay. I, I, I don't know. Is it the Lauren London thing? Huh? Is it because of the Lauren London thing? Honestly, I forgot about that until you said so. But yeah, that's why. (laughs) No, um, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to be too hard on him. But um, who who represents him? Why aren't we hearing from his representatives? Um, I'm assuming this Instagram post was probably posted by whoever represents him. Gotcha. But um, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. Um. Yeah, I mean, he, he was doing some goofy shit that got him locked up in the first place. So yeah. it's hard to feel a whole lot of pity. You in jail, man. Exactly. <laughs> like all type of crazy shit happening. Yeah. Jail, so. I mean, if he's being mistreated, then obviously. I mean, who do you, who do you go to? Yeah. I think it could be like a lawyer, you know, trying to lighten a sentence or get a little sympathy. But, yeah, I mean, who can you go to at that point? Yeah. There ain't I'm no. sure everybody's being untreated, uh, treated unfair mm-hmm. in jail. He's probably getting the better treatment, being that he's celebrity. But I don't know. Who knows, man? But unfortunately, if he is being abused, that sucks. But you know, nothing you can really do. <laughs> he's, he's in there, so hopefully he will come back a uh, reformed man like Gucci did. Um, anything else before we wrap up this last podcast of the year? Mm. Any other, any other thing you want to touch on? Nah. I, um, it's been a great it, year. I think we yeah, had a really good year. Yeah, I appreciate y'all, man. Yes. been fun. All the guests we had on Stanford. Yes. Coming on twice. Guys, yes. yes. I appreciate I love you, man. Yeah. No it, problem, It's man. fine, man. Got to do it more in 2020. Oh, yes. Yeah. For sure, man. It brings some guests too, man. Bring whoever. Yeah. I know right. you. I know you got got know some people, man. I know a few. Okay. I know a few. Yeah, yeah. Spread the word about the Gems and Juice podcast. Yeah, definitely, man. Look, appreciate everybody who messes with the podcast, who listens every week, and even if you listen every once in a while or even once ever, whoever yeah. like we like appreciate a post, y'all. Anything, Share, man. all of that. Thank you for your support for sure. We really appreciate it. 
Um, I'll speak from my point of view. I don't think we did everything we set out to do at the beginning of the year for this podcast, mainly being that we're all busy. We all have jobs. Um, but we still continue to push this thing, man, just because we love it. We believe in it. And, you know, we really enjoy inter- trying to entertain y'all and provide a good podcast, a, a good outlet for people to talk about things like this. Mm-hmm. And so next year, we're going to keep continuing to push it, do bigger and better things. We do have plans and things we want to see rolled out. So we plan to make And this year was big for us, honestly. Looking back, I think we did a lot of things we did want to do. And, again, we really appreciate everybody who promotes the podcast. You know, we don't get anything from this. We're just doing it out of the love of the game. Yeah. yeah. One day we're going to charge y'all, but <laughs> anytime <laughs> soon. But we really appreciate it. Anybody who messes with the podcast, like we said, we love y'all all. Um, shoot. You know where to find us. Stanford, what's your social media accounts, man? SRoute26. SRoute26 with two, two T's, yes. right? Uh-huh. Yes. IG and Twitter. IG and Twitter. Yes. Follow that, man. Good follow. You know where to follow us at. We used to tag this with our social media accounts, but now y'all know what the fuck we doing. <laughs> um, shit, anything else, y'all? What y'all doing for Christmas? Uh, I'll be back in Cleveland um, Sunday, so okay. I'll be out there visiting family, probably shoveling snow and all that good shit. Okay. So I, I work next week, but I'll be off on the 24th and 25th. I'm just going to be showing my family, man. I got my okay. mom a little Instant Pot, so I'm going to okay. hook her up. Okay, yeah, I can't. I really can't wait for this weekend, man, or this week. This been a, this been a crazy year, but like bless has been happening for me. So yes, I'm sir. Just, I just need to. I need this little vacation. Come yes, back sir. refreshed. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. How's Starbucks been going, man? By the way. Oh, yeah, that's a story. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Story. So I got cussed out at Starbucks. Oh wow. By yeah, who? A customer. So, oh, wow. so, uh, yeah, I don't know if you knew, but I work at Starbucks part time. Mm-hmm. So, um, they put me on bar, which is the, the person who made drinks. Yeah. So I know a little bit, but not enough to go fast. You know, like I'm an expert. So I'm making drinks. They telling me the people, um, my employees telling me that, you know, take your time, just do it right, man. Like, don't feel pressured. So I'm doing it. I'm taking, you know, I'm taking my time, but I'm moving as fast as I can. So it's a lady in the um, white lady in scrubs. So obviously she's probably going to, you know, work at the hospital. And um, come to find out, I guess it was taking too long, so she got a refund. So by this time, I'll go back to drive-through where Mm -hmm. you know I'm more comfortable. And uh, all of a sudden, I heard this loud honk, just uh, a car horn, just uh-huh. land on the horn for like a good minute. Damn. So I'm like, damn, what the hell is going on out here? Yeah. And it's crowded. It's happy hour. Mm-hmm. I think we short staff. So um, all of a sudden, I see a lady come around towards the window, the drive-through window. And now she was in the front at first. The, the honker was coming from the front. So apparently, she walked all the way around to the window. So she... Close to the passenger seat, uh, or the passenger the side where the passenger at, where the customer was at. So she like, well, you're moving fucking slow. Damn, damn. Oh wow. And I'm like, sorry, man. You know, we're short staff. It's happy hour. We're trying to, you know, get these customers. And the customer I had in front of me, the car, they was like from the Middle Eastern. Mm-hmm. So they rolled, they window up, they scared. They don't know what's going on. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
but this lady like you're moving fucking slow i'm like sorry about that man you know we're short staff no i fucking watched you you're moving fucking slow i'm 30 minutes late to work well, get out of line! She, yeah. <laughs> she was just up in arms. You don't gotta have no Starbucks. Yeah, sounds no like you're addicted she to She was caffeine. screaming like, I'm like, why are you 30 minutes late for work? You're sitting here wasting more time. You could have been at work. So, I'm sure they have coffee for you to make it work, too. Yeah, yeah it, I don't know. It's, it's the power of coffee, caffeine, sugar. Very true, man. But, um, Some people swear by it. Yeah, yeah but that was, that was kind of the highlight. I, some people would have been upset or, you know, mad. But I was just kind of like, damn, I'm getting some good content for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a lot of people's coming up, are you okay? Don't worry about that. Don't let that bring you down. I'm like, bro, I'm cool. Yeah, I don't care. Like, I, thought, I actually thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Like, I have people cuss me out on the phone a couple times. So yeah, I really don't care about that stuff. But that was, <laughs> that was a highlight. That's hilarious, man. That's hilarious. <laughs> Well, well, is had things kind of slowed down a little bit? Are they still picking up because of the holiday season and all that shit? Or? Yeah, it's it it hasn't slowed down a lot. Ah, okay. So apparently, happy hours every Thursday now. Okay. Up okay. until Christmas. I so see. yeah, so um, unless it's Christmas, then no. But like every Thursday this month is happy hour. Okay. So a lot of people just go nuts. Yeah, I get it. All right, yeah. all right, all right. So if anybody wants to drop by a Starbucks for happy hour, you every got the Thursday. inside scoop here. Yeah, I'm Thursday. not working there for the rest of the year, so y'all yeah, can go, go whenever. <laughs> <laughs> Cuts everybody else out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shout out to my Starbucks family too, man. Yes. We had uh, that's where I had to do the gifts, uh, the secret Santa, Santa shit. shit. Mm. Yeah. I feel you, man. Yeah. All right, man. Fuck it. Let's wrap this one up. Uh, for the last podcast of 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is my, uh, fuck, how do I close this out usually? It's been fucking. <laughs> thank you, Stan Perot. <laughs> thank you, thank Stan you for coming through, man. Thank you, yeah. thank appreciate you. It. Appreciate you guys. Best yes. Time. For my girl, Jasmine, for my man, the hardest man, working man in radio to this day, Figgy Fig. I am Ryan Rocket, and this is the Gem to Juice podcast, y'all. Peace. Happy New Year. Happy New, Happy New Year. Year. Merry Christmas. <laughs>